Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and rolling, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. <laughs> The show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host, Salas, here with Tubba Day. Oh, man, how you doing? Oh, doggy. Oh, boy, how are you doing today, buddy? <laughs> I'm okay. Tonight's a special one, man. We got, we got AEW's two-night event in New York City. New York City. Yeah, man, this is a big deal. I feel like I should have wore a tux. Taking like a award show. This is like going up to bat and hitting the grand slam. Oh. And why did me, they name? Why did they name it Grand Slam if it's in a tennis arena? Uh, the only thing I could think of is is that they were doing four hours of programming. So four four runs for a grand slam. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> And they taped them all at once. Mm. Um, yeah. How was your week? Uh, really fun? Oh. Um, I, I got to tell you this story, all right? Okay. That's promising. So it's, it's not. Now Now I've overhyped it. But um, So it was thundering and raining here today. Okay. Nice. And I was surprised because it was it was down to pour. It was like ten thirty in the morning. I'm sitting in my in my office at home, and all of a sudden, it sounded like a gunshot. Like it was the loudest thunder directly above my house. The whole fucking house shook. I was like, "Don't did lose your, power! Don't did lose your power! House don't lose power!" <laughs> Did your house get struck by lightning? No, it was just it was just severe thunderstorms. But um, and it just happened to be right there. But it, the the first thing I thought of was like, oh my god, please don't fucking lose power. <laughs> because there have been times, and and it's seldom over here where I live. I don't usually lose power because every, every all the wiring's underground. 
But there have been times where I've lost power and it's been like fucking 12 hours before we came back. We are live to the world on twitch.tv slash the Salzer effect. In chat right now, Astro says, was that the cool story? Loud thunder? Wow. <laughs> I told you I overhyped it. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you about it. Jesus. I got uh, I got uh, I got put in Twitter jail this week. Um, not for calling Brit Hume an idiot, but for asking Brit Hume if he was an idiot. And uh, Twitter's uh, auto filter thing apparently got tired of asking me, "Are you sure you want to tweet that?" And just went, "We're closing your account for twelve hours." Uh, so I appealed it, but when you appeal. They shut your account down until they process your appeal, which in their case took more than 12 hours. So I was just like, fuck it, I'll delete the tweet. I just, it's been 16 hours at this point. I kind of want my Twitter back. You know the stuff that I've seen people say on Twitter? Mm hmm. The absolute fucking, I mean, let, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. This, just the shit Troy's tweeted out. Okay. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Troy is in Twitter jail forever. True. But, I mean, <laughs> in the past. Um, and it took them long enough. But you didn't, I didn't think you said anything bad, and they said you were being abusive. I'm like... I uh, Yes, I, I tweeted at Brit Hume, because he tweeted something stupid. And I said, are you actually this stupid, or are you just pretending to be ignorant to rile your idiot base? That was apparently abusive. I mean... Because their bots can't tell the difference. Yeah, that's that's what I don't get. It's like that's pretty PG, and you weren't even saying like you're stupid. You were just, are you stupid? I I get it. It's got a negative connotation, but I did never thought something like that would get you kicked off of Twitter for twelve hours. Yeah. So congrats, Twitter. You fucking won because I because your fucking appeal process took too long. I just wanted my account back. I was gonna say no. At the end of the day, people, like, I just don't feel like dealing with it. <laughs> That is true. Earlier, uh, earlier while I was playing Fall Guys, uh, Auto Mod uh, uh, blocked something for being for abusive language for for, for someone saying you're not trash. <laughs> Speaking of which, how was how was Fall Guys tonight? Did you win some crowns? Nope. Fuck's sake. Well, we all had a good time. That's good. That's the point. That's the point. I haven't had a chance to play in a couple weeks now. I will. I'll get. I go. It comes and goes for me, just like any video game. I, I spend like six days playing it straight, and then I won't touch it for like a couple weeks. I've gotten. I've gotten some wins in squads mode, but in squads mode, you don't win crowns. You win. I guess you could call it pieces of crown. Yep, shards. Um. Yeah, shards. <laughs> you win shards. You win squads mode, and you shit your pants. Um. So I still have yet to win an actual crown in Fall Guys. <laughs> Oh, well. What can you do? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but before, but sorry. what's funny about you saying you haven't been actually able to win a crown in the traditional mode, right? You've gone to the finals like 99 times at least. Earlier today, I had, uh, I had Royal Fumble as my final round, which is my least favorite final round because it takes no skill whatsoever. It's just luck. And... Um, me and another person grabbed the person with the tail with like zero seconds left on the clock, and the game just happened to register that the other person got the tail and not me. So, 
Oh, dude, you got fucking screwed. <laughs> that is some bullshit. It really so, is. That's just know. some fucking bullshit. You know. Um, yeah. Before we get to Dynamite, I have, uh, for the first time in a while, uh, I have something in the other bullshit update section of the program. Um, something that Troy informed us of about, uh, in the host thread, and uh, I needed a new pair of pants. Uh, Deadline reports that WWE is teaming up with MGM for an American Gladiators reboot, uh, which will reportedly feature, quote, a slew of WWE wrestling superstars on the non-scripted television series. According to Deadline, Mark Burnett and his team are in the process of pitching the rebooted series, which originally premiered back in 1989, and was a staple of my uh, elementary school after school programming uh, on the USA Network in reruns. Uh, American Gladiators ran until 96 before being rebooted on NBC in 2008 with the reboot featuring noted racist Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali as the hosts. Uh, Deadline notes that both WWE and MGM will serve as executive producers on the project. I am so excited for this. You cannot understand how excited I am for this. Well, I hate to be that guy, but... um. I, 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 I don't care if it's shit. I'm going to watch it it's because going it is to be shit. Because it is American Gladiators. Do you know why it's going to be shit? The 2008 reboot was pretty shit, and I enjoyed That's that. That's what too, I mean. So. Like, they've, they've never have gotten it right. Like, since it was. I, and I used to watch it back in, like, when I was a kid and stuff. Not all the time, but I'd watch it, and I enjoyed it. And Did the, you ever play the game on, on Genesis? Yes. Or Nintendo? I love the game on. on oh, it was Genesis. It was Sega, wasn't it? No. There was both. There were there were there are actually like three different versions. But there's yeah. this weird version on the Nintendo that was like a weird platforming thing, mm. and then the actual like ported version of the TV show that was on the Genesis. Yeah, and I the think Super, I only and the played, Super Nintendo. I only played the Genesis one because my friend had it. and We used to go over his house and play Genesis. Yeah, he had the Genesis. I had the Super Nintendo. So we would just like. That was me and my friend Kirby. I, I had the Genesis, he had the Super Nintendo. But it worked out, because when I went over his house, we do nothing but play Genesis, and when he came over mine, we do nothing but play Super Nintendo. And that was my friend Justin, who had the, the power pad, uh, which, the thing, you know, the thing you lie on the floor and has the buttons. You, you oh, we're talking about, like, track and field and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until he, until he sat on my glasses. Oh. I don't remember why I had my glasses off, but, uh, yeah, Justin sat on my glasses once. Anyways. Uh, American Gladiators. I am so very much looking forward to this because I fucking love American Gladiators to the point where I purchased on eBay the American Gladiators soundtrack. Wow. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. But I bought it because it's American Gladiators. Yeah, I mean, that's like good. <laughs> What was your favorite American Gladiator character's name? Oh, but favorite Gladiator? Yeah. Um, was it Nitro? It was Nitro, wasn't it? I thought Nitro was kind of a prick. I was I was more of a laser guy. Okay. Okay. I specifically remember uh, the there was a Gladiator named Malibu who was only in like the first season. And he was like a surfer dude. He's like cool surfer dude. I'm like you're lame. You're super. Remember, do you remember the first the first season of American Gladiators where they tried to make it look like gladiators? Yes. And, and like they, 
the line like, the line judges in like the fucking I don't want to say gimp outfit, but the weird hooded mask thing. Anyway. Anyway. Good times. I'm looking um, for. Are you concerned that the WWE will be partnering with this? Do you think they could make it as shitty as the last season of Tough Enough? <laughs> um, like I said, like I said, I'll watch it anyways. Mm-hmm. So. And also, are you ready for Baron Corbin the Gladiator? I believe you mean Happy Corbin the Gladiator. Oh, God. The hell with that guy. Anyway. Our wait. contenders are going to take on Happy in the joust. <laughs> Gladiator named Happy. We are not here <laughs> to talk about that hot garbage. We have <laughs> other hot garbage. <laughs> and I think... It's important that we get started, because last week, we recorded for almost three fucking hours. Dinamite! Straight to the opening video this week. You'd think they'd do something special for Grand Slam, but no. JR hollers us into existence at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. Tony pimps a tag match. Excalibur pimps CM Punk. JR pimps what's presumably your main event. Tony pimps MJF and Pit- uh, Pittman. Pillman. Sergeant Craig Pittman is not here. Oh, uh, you never know. You never know who shows up these days. Good old Craig. Uh, Excalibur pimps the women's title match, and JR says up next is the match everyone's been waiting for. That's right, folks. The AEW World Champion is Curtain Jerk and Grand Slam. Brian uh, Danielson. I mean, make- come on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know. I know. Dickhead. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right off the bat. Fucking place got loud oh. for Brian Danielson. We have notes. I have notes. Um, Danielson makes his entrance. The ramp has video screens underneath it and looks really cool. Uh, during Kenny's entrance, we gl- get a glimpse of the enormous big screens ab- above the ring. I'm guessing those belong to the stadium and not AEW. Uh, there are actually people sitting in the upper deck behind the stage. Those seem like shitty seats. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, unless they got it. Do they got the screen? They got the I screen, mean, right? I'm sure they could see the screens above the ring. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, but you got to look through Cody's chandelier. Uh, Paul Turner calls for the bell, and the crowd explodes. We have a holy shit chant four seconds into the match. Not even. It's not even. They didn't even start. They just, uh, they were just looking at each other and standing completely they, still. And the crowd, and the crowd okay. is electric. What you're saying does not negate what I said. The bell rings, and they look at each other, and the crowd chants, holy shit. Yes. But no, you, you said into the match. It's not like they started, like, chaining no. or anything. Four, four seconds into the match. It was crazy, man. When the I bell never, rings, when the match starts. I want to say I never, because that's, that's hyperbole. I but never. I, I rarely have seen that, other than, like, a takeover, like when you had Johnny versus Champa, maybe, or if you go to, um, like, I think Rock and Hogan got that, right? Like, that was... That was a fucking nice reaction. I hate my brain sometimes. Uh, I do too. Rock and Hogan. Um, uh, they uh, they come to mid ring and have a bit of a chat. Uh, then they back up again and the crowd explodes again. Uh, we circle. They lock up and the crowd explodes. Daniel back Danielson back into the ropes, but Kenny takes a while to give the break. Then he lays a stiff chop to Danielson's chest. Brian gives him a look and we lock up again. Kenny back to the ropes. Danielson gives the break and he kicks Danny Kenny in the chest. 
Uh, Danielson takes the arm, works Kenny to the mat. Kenny rolls through, reverses, takes Danielson down. Brian turns it into a hammerlock, and Omega takes the rope. So Brian kicks Kenny square in the obliques. That looked stiff as fuck. Yep. Yeah, they both fucking were, were throwing him stiff tonight. Uh, we circle, we lock up, headlock by Omega, off the ropes, Dan- excuse you, Danielson gets dropped with a shoulder block, back and forth, Omega goes, but nothing comes of it. Kenny with another stiff chop, sending Danielson to a corner. Uh, Brian wants knuckles, Kenny gets the advantage, Danielson breaks out, takes the left hand and works Kenny to the mat for a stomp to the arm, Brian takes the wrist and sends Omega headfirst into the buckles, then a chop, then a kick, then a chop, then a kick, then a chop, then a kick, and we move to another corner and we do it some more. So, when he's doing the chopping and the kicking, <laughs> the crowd... Because New York are yesing for every kick and wooing for every chop. <laughs> Kenny with a switch and some chops of his own. Another switch, more kicks, off the ropes. Danielson telegraphs, Omega charges and gets backdropped to the floor. Huge tope by Brian sends Kenny into the barricade. That tope was nice. That tope was fucking nice. Brian sends Kenny shoulder first into the ring post. Then again, and Excalibur explains the label lock. Danielson comes off the rope and drops a knee to Kenny's arm and an overhead wrist lock. Yes. This might be bullshit. And even if it's not, it's kind of like a who cares. But still, to me, the fact that he explained the origins of the LaBelle lock back to Luthez, I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> Brian rakes the eyes, then stomps the arm again. JR forgets Malachi Black's name as Kenny rakes the eyes to break the wrist hold. JR. I think that's who I was going to make fun of earlier, but I, I can do a soundbite ah. for JR on the fly. Ah. <laughs> Malachi, no. Yeah, Malachi Black. Michael, M- Miguel, <laughs> no. Michael, Michael Mordecai. Black. Michael Black is our. Uh, chops from Kenny, then he sends Danny <laughs> into the corner. <laughs> To choke him with his boot. Kenny with some stomps in the corner. More chops from Kenny, but Dennison begins to fire up and he returns fire. Kenny reverses the whip, hits a kitchen sink, then a kick to the spine, some knees to the back, then more kicks, big elbow to the back of the head, then a sledge from Kenny. Danielson tries to fight back. Kenny slaps him in the face, which fires him up again. Kenny with the rolling senton on the moonsault, but Daniel, get the, Daniel gets the knees up. Uh, Daniel is mad. Mad. Uh, chops and kicks from Brian again. The whip is reversed, but Danielson hits his comeback move. Remember that when you hit the Y button on WB2K and you do... Anyway. Uh, Daniel with the running boot in the corner, then more chest kicks. He puts Kenny on the top rope and gets a Hurricane Rana, and there's a two count. Armbreaker by Brian. The whip is reversed. Kenny charges, but Danielson avoids the elbow. Kenny avoids a charge and hits a snapping Hurricane Rana of his own, which sends Danielson to the floor. Omega back and forth for the Swanton Tope, which connects. He rolls Brian back to the That's ring and the crowd chants. Swanton this is awesome. Tope. That's the Terminator dive. He does the Swanton over the top rope. And he's a heel, so he doesn't go. Bup, 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 he bup, did, bup. though. He did. He did do the. Bup, 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 bup. Uh, he rolls Brian back into the ring and the crowd chants. This is awesome. Uh, Danielson with the roll up for two, reverse for two. Danielson locks in the cattle mutilation, which is possibly my favorite name for a move. Yes, and a move he hasn't used in about 10 years. But Omega is able to get his toes on the bottom rope. I feel like he did use it in WWE at least once. But they definitely didn't call it that. <laughs> regarding the, the regarding the nameplate you demand that I give you on Twitch, uh, Astro says, I think you missed the opportunity to substitute the S and Sal with a dollar sign. She's not wrong. Dollar's <laughs> Uh, Kenny rolls to the ramp. Brian comes off the top of the knee to the face. The ramp, I should mention, goes all the way to the ring. Because uh, otherwise, that would have been a hell of a knee. Mm. Uh, yes, kicks on the ramp. Kenny blocks the last one and hits most of a snapdragon on the plexiglass. And they talk about how hard the ramp is. 
Uh, Kenny breaks the count, like that makes a fucking difference, then heads to oh, the stage. Oh, real quick. <laughs> yeah. They talk about how hard the ramp is, right? And Excalibur can't use the word steal, because he knows that will be dumb. So he's like, that is nothing but fiberglass with no, casing. Plexiglass. Plexiglass with casing, and then nothing but wires and, and uh, scaffolding underneath that Scaff- ramp. It's a, it's plexiglass over LED monitors. It hurts like hell. <laughs> Solid. It's a rock. That's like, like concrete. A, like a rock. Uh, Kenny breaks the count like that. Makes a fucking difference. Blah, 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 blah. He runs from one end of the video board to the other for a V-trigger against the ropes. Oh. That's one. Yeah, but holy shit. That was a good one. Uh, this sends us to box. When we come back, Kenny's got Danielson in a powerbomb position. He misses the buckles and bombs Danielson onto the top rope, where he tumbles to the apron. Yikes. Uh, back into the ring, and Kenny comes off the top with a missile dropkick for a two. Kenny wants another Snapdragon, but Danielson drops out for a victory roll. That gets a two. Daniel breaks out of another attempt and gets kicked in the upper back. V trigger to the spine, two. Uh, Kenny puts Danielson up top for a dragon superplex, but Danielson fights him off, drops out from under, and pushes Kenny onto the buckles. Brian wants a back superplex and gets it, and both men are down. Uh, uh, that, Dan- I, that tease on the dragon superplex, I was like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't, no, you don't. Mm-mm. I hate oh, that fucking. Oh, no, 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 I hate. No, no, no. Do you realize that's an Aerosmith song, like an original Aerosmith song? No, but it reminds me of that, like the, 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 the video. Of, there's like a video of a cat making that noise. No, 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 no. <sighs> it's my, it's, I, uh, I don't even have TikTok and I hate that fucking noise. <laughs> Danielson's arm may have been injured, so they just kick each other. Uh, Kenny catches one and hits a punch. Danielson with some punches of his own. Off the ropes. Kenny nails a trigger. Three. Brian with an elbow, then a bridging suplex gets a two count for Brian, and the crowd goes wild again. Tony feels the need to explain why the crowd is so loud, just in case you couldn't figure it out. Uh, Danielson goes to the top. Kenny catches him. Kenny with some headbutts, then some sharp elbows. Kenny with a dragon superplex. This is a two count. Yeah. Uh, Kenny points to the sky, then pulls the trigger. Kenny wants the angel, but Brian with a poison rana. Kenny triggers the buckle. Time. Five. Time. Time out on the. Time out on the poison rana. Okay. (sighs) You know when when commentary commentary says something so dumb it completely takes you out of the match. Tony Schiavone, who by the way is getting more comfortable. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's starting to act a lot more like his WCW self. Whereas, like, year one, he was, like, a little bit more reserved. Okay? This fucking guy, when Danielson countered the one-winged angel with a poison rana, he he says, I don't think there's ever been a counter like that that I've ever seen in my life! And I'm like, really? Because I'm pretty sure Jungle Boy used a poison rana to get out of the one-winged angel... Uh, Ray Phoenix used a poison rana to get out of the one-winged angel. <laughs> yeah. And Tony, you called these matches this year! <laughs> mm-hmm. Just saying the hyperbole from Tony, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, yeah, so Kenny triggers the buckles. Five. Then Danielson kicks him in the head. Brian wants the knee that beat John Cena, but gets caught and bombed. Trigger number six leads to another two-count. Omega goes up, but Danielson avoids the Phoenix Splash. More kicks from Danielson to the chest and the hamstring. We slug it out. Kenny drops and gets kicked in the head. Then the arm trap stomps from Brian. Danielson with a bell lock, but he can't lock it in. Kenny fights to the ropes. 
running boot from Brian, then trigger seven, big elbow from Daniel, knee from Kenny, and they both collapse. We trade headbutts and strikes, more kicks from Danielson, we slug it out, and the bell rings. The 30-minute time limit has expired. And Sal, I checked. That was a legit 30 minutes. I know. <laughs> I also checked. Um, so, I know a lot of people were kind of upset, okay? I'm not really one of them. Because last week I'd said on this show, you know, I don't know what you do because you don't want to have Kenny lose. And you definitely don't want to have Daniel Bryan lose, Brian Danielson. So I thought this made sense. Mind you, the idea was fine. The execution was a little bit poor. Here's why the execution was poor. Typically when you do a finish like that, you start, oh, 15 minutes left. You know, Justin Roberts makes the announcement, oh, five minutes left, and then you start, because then people start, like, getting ready for it, where this felt like nobody had that thought in their mind. They didn't make the announcement. No, Justin Roberts did. I went back and checked oh, that, too. But very nonchalantly, like, this next match, there's a 30-minute time limit. And, well, no, and, I, like, meant during, I meant during the match. No, 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 I'm... yeah, during the match, they didn't say a word. So my issue is, is that I think the crowd... And, and you did this in front of New York, so that's mistake number two. I think the crowd was legit pissed because <laughs> they were not; they did not see that coming. Whereas if they saw it coming, maybe they wouldn't have been as. But they were mad. Admit it; they were fucking mad when the <laughs> when the bell rang. I mean, sure, but you, you got to think about this. What we talked last week when we were doing our predictions, we talked our our, our preview of this week. We, our thought basically was they'll put Brian over, but it's not because it's because it's Brian it's first match, but it's not like the Christian situation where the title match is coming up immediately, and so it'll take the wind out of it. Right. Neither of us, because of what they've done in the past, neither of us even considered that this would be a draw. And yet, it makes the most sense. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's like it, it, as soon as it happened, I went. That's perfect. There you go. Because you, yeah, you don't give somebody an actual fucking winner in the, in chapter one of what could be, you know, the greatest rivalry of this generation. No, it's, 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 it's perfectly, perfectly booked. Yes. (laughs) And I enjoyed the follow up to it as well. Um, to, to the point of, um, I think Omega went on Twitter and said something about the, the, he, he didn't win. There's no rematch. He didn't win. And then, AEW named their wrestlers of the week, Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan. And, and Kenny Omega replied to that tweet, like, he didn't win. And in my head, I'm going, you didn't either. Oh it's, it was, it's perfect. But this was, this was expertly done. Mm-hmm. And like I said, credit where credit is due, which is not something, which is something we try to do uh, on this podcast. They just don't give us very many opportunities to do so. But credit where credit is due. They played this perfectly. Mm-hmm. And here's they- the other thing I, I really liked about it, and I know New York didn't, but here's the thing. I liked that at the end of these this 30 minutes, they were still beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, that's that was actually gonna, what, what, what my next point was going to be, is they you could tell that this that uh, this was not a time limit draw where they were like, and this is the final spot, and when this happens, you ring the bell and say the time is up. Yeah. 
This was a legit 30 minutes. The bell rang. They were still fighting. This was the two of them going, let's just go out and fucking dance for half an hour. Let's put on a fucking show. And they absolutely did. They yeah. fucking killed it. And um, the the thing was, too, it's not like they did, you know, they did their typical posturing and, and hammer locks in like the first two minutes. And then after that, it was just 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. They beat the fuck out of each other, <laughs> for better or worse. And I know some people are concerned because Daniel Bryan missed so many years of his career with the neck injury. And I get that, but this is a, he's an adult, guys. Not only is he an adult, he's an adult with a very large bank account. Okay? He doesn't have to keep doing this. He wants to. Is it neck injury or was it just the concussions? I mean, the concussions took him out for a while, but I thought it was a neck injury when he had to vacate the IC title. Um, yeah, this was old school. Ric Flair, Sting, Ricky Steamboat. Let's do a fucking Broadway. Oh, didn't that happen? Didn't Sting and Flair go 60 minutes and it was a draw? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Fucking perfect. <clears throat> this was gorgeous. Also, was I like the Elite getting their heat back after the match. Huh, how about that? Uh, as you mentioned, they continue fighting. Paul Turner trying to pull them apart, but Daniel briefly gets the label lock on before the Elite hit the ring. Uh, they're able to separate them, and Justin Roberts makes the announcement. Excalibur believes that Danielson would have won if there had been one more minute on the clock. Uh, then the super click all super kick Danielson. Uh, this brings out the geriatric express for further brawling. Uh, Jungle Boy is wearing a shirt that says AEW, let's can go. I do not know why. Yeah. What's this shirt? I'm, maybe it's just on shop.com. Uh, Excalibur promises CM Punk next, and we go to break. Fabulous, top to bottom. Uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. We come back, and here comes CM Punk. They're getting better. They're getting better. Uh, Punk refuses to leap onto the crowd because of how high the ramp is and how far it is from said crowd. Good call. Yeah, Uh, right. He also almost trips on the top rope getting into the ring, and it's time for your opening monologue. Uh, Punk says he's glad he's not wrestling tonight, because how do you follow that? Uh, True. To be fair, he says, how do you follow that? And the crowd's like, boo! And he's like, no, what? Seriously, how do you follow that? And they're like, we wanted a winner! I'm like, fuck you, New York. Typical. Typical! Anyway, guys. He says, uh, he says, it's been a long time since he's been in New York City, and an even longer time since professional wrestling's been in New York City. Ha. Uh, uh, Except for that's not true, because... Um, uh, didn't ROH go to Madison Square Garden back in 2018? Yep. So even by his own standards, he's fucking wrong. <laughs> uh, he says, people are telling him he needs to be mad. We need the old pissed off CM Punk. He says, maybe someday, but be careful what you wish for. He says, he can't be mad with a crowd like this. Yes, he was pissed off last week, and yes, he's mad about it. But when his theme song hits and he comes out on the stage, he can't help but smile. It's a love fest, people. He's happy. Happy Punk. Uh, Team Taz tried to take all of this away from him It's been so long since he's needed this Where did Sal go? Sal just disappeared Uh, It's been so long since uh, he's needed this And nobody's going to take it from him He says they should have finished the job last week And put him through the table Broken his neck Make sure that the people didn't hear Cult of Personality again But they let him live Live On Rampage, Will Hobbs Goes to sleep 
Uh, he had one line in this I really liked. He said, um, you slept on CM Punk, and it's not my job to wake your ass up. It's my job to tuck you in. I was like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki is here. We got a great show. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, he, didn't, he didn't do that this week. Uh, Punk gives Stephen Amell a hug, and we're promised MJF versus Pillman after the break. <sighs> Follow that with a shit fest. Go ahead. There was things I liked about this match. There were things I didn't, but we'll get into it. Match number two, MJF versus BPJ. I should have got another drink. MJF makes his way out with... BPJ. 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 Uh, MJF makes his way out with... Wardo. Wardo. And Pillman makes his way out with some underage high school girl. MJF extends his hand for a handshake, and Pillman drops him with a double leg takedown, and the fists are flying. Pillman shoves MJF in the corner and delivers fast strikes until MJF rakes his eyes and shoves Pillman in the corner and delivers strikes of his own. He whips Brian to the other corner, but Pillman catches himself, flips himself over MJF, and then hits two quick arm drags, a hip toss, and a back body drop. It's like watching Pillman Sr. from 1990 all over again. Using the same moveset. <laughs> Seriously, arm drags, a hip toss, and a back body drop. MJF tries to fire back with chops, but Pillman reverses it. Pillman whips MJ off, MJF off the ropes, but Max reverses it and sets his head for a backdrop. But Pillman sees this coming and boots Pillman in the head. I mean, boots Max in the head. We set up the same spot, only reverse it. And this time, Pillman puts his head down, and when Max tries to kick him in the head, Pillman moves, and MJF Charlie Brown's the football. <laughs> Pillman then points to his head like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Oh, I am so smart. <laughs> I am so smart. SMRT. <laughs> MJF fights back and hits a huge slap across the mouth. MJF screams at Pillman that he's MJF, and Pillman responds by slapping the taste out of Max's mouth so hard that Max's face actually hits the canvas. Uh, MJF begs off and lures Pillman into the trip, uh, into the corner with a drop toe hold. We do another backdrop spot, but this time Pillman goes up and over Max to hit a sunset flip for a two count. Pillman follows up with a backslide that also gets a two. MJF grabs an arm ringer and drops him shoulder first onto the canvas as we go to box. Back from box and MJF maintains control. MJF continues to work the arm, but Pillman creates some separation with a high cross body. Pillman starts his comeback and drops MJF with a super kick. Pillman then slams MJF's head into the turnbuckles as we get extreme close-up cam. Pillman gets to nine, waste time by playing to the crowd. And Max breaks it up before the 10th. Pillman drops MJF with a Randy Orton-like power slam, and this gets a two. Max rolls to the outside. Pillman sets up for a tope, but MJF grabs Julia Hart and uses her as a human shield. Pillman does not dive and instead goes outside, and MJF then shoves Julia into Pillman and then drops Pillman with a clothesline. Max throws Pillman in the ring. Julia Hart begins to scream at him. And uh, MJF dares her to hit him, so she pie faces him. At which point I run, oh, oh, Julia. Hmm. 
You ain't tough. MJF grabs her by the wrist and begins screaming at her, and Julia directs her where to go. And Julia tries very hard not to laugh. The distraction allows Pillman to hit a running basement dropkick. Pillman tosses Max back into the ring, and then he gives his girlfriend a high ten. Heyo! That's it, kid. Waste more time. Burn that fucking daylight. <laughs> Speaking of, Pillman goes up top, but fucking gestures towards the crowd, wasting even more time. He attempts a springboard clothesline, but because of all the time wasted, MJF sidesteps him, locks him in the salt of the earth armbar, and Pillman Jr. proves he is indeed an embarrassment to his family as he taps <laughs> out like a bitch. Now, son... Now, 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 son, we talked last week, and you told me that you weren't a piece of shit. And you come out here, and you tap out like a little bitch. Brian Pillman Jr., do you think your daddy loved a little bitch? Because you look like a little bitch to me, boy. The armbar didn't even look that good. I was going to say, it gets worse, because Pillman was rolling, and he just wasted so much time. I, I heard someone, I read somewhere, if it was on Twitter or Facebook or something, that where that match looked to this person, like especially following the the 30-minute draw, that that match looked so choreographed. And it absolutely did. Do you know why? And it was very much Brian Pillman going, I'm my dad, I'm my dad, I'm my dad, I'm my dad, you love my dad, and I'm my dad. Okay, I haven't seen that much um, from Brian Pillman Jr. as far as his work on the indies. I like I don't know, but to me, it came across as someone who's very green and who's very limited. Um, and it kind of showed here where he was in a big spot and he was like, "I'll just do all my dad's greatest hits." That's the thing; he's had such better matches. Maybe it's just like, an oil and water thing with MJF. When he first when he first came in, yeah. Like, yeah, Brian Pullman Jr. and he was doing so well, and it's like he's regressed or something. I don't know what the fuck's but going I'm on. I'm wondering if they're telling him to play up aspects of his dad, or mm. if someone's directing him to do that because he wasn't doing all of this when he first started in AEW. Yeah. It seems like ever since the documentary came out, they were like, play it up. <laughs> I don't know. This just wasn't that. And maybe maybe it's because it followed the opening match, but this just wasn't that great. I don't know. I didn't like it. And not only did I not like it, I'm sorry. It's 2021. I'm kind of over um, a misogynistic heel grabbing a woman by the wrist. As much as it didn't matter because Julia Hart was laughing. Still, the imagery. Slapping. The imagery isn't isn't. Dude, like, that's fucking 2002 shit. Like, really? We're going to fucking put that on TV in 2021? I don't know. People are like, oh, it's real heat, brother. I'm like, no, it's it's a fucking bad look, in my opinion. It's cheap heat. Okay? It's, che- it's cheap It's cheap heat, exactly. But anyway. Anyway. Let's go backstage where Marvez is with Jake and Jerrica. Do we have to? Apparently. I don't like any of these people. Jake Hager then speaks. It's as terrible as you would expect. Oh. Fat-faced dipshit is still a thing. 
He calls the men of the year the boys of the week. And then says, uh, and then says, fat face dipshit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if it didn't get over last week in the ring, it's certainly going to get over the second time in a backstage interview. Uh, what a stupid fucking catchphrase! And it's even worse for some reason when Jake Hager says it. Uh, then it's Jericho's turn to talk. He kisses New York's ass and threatens to bite Lambert's nose off. I wrote, oh, cheap pops. Oh, like the fucking. You know what it reminded me of? <laughs> Remember when he first came back in 2009? Um, and he came out there to save the WWE from Randy Orton. Is that when he didn't say anything? No, no. This was the first time he came back. Say anything. Okay. Oh, yeah. Save us 222. This was, yeah. Sparkly vest and peacock haircut. And this is what that <gasps> reminded me of. Where he just. Jericho knew. <laughs> Jericho knew the future of the WWE Network. He did. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that let me bastard. fucking kiss New York's ass, because that's what a babyface is supposed to do, right? Uh, and by the way, some in New York didn't buy it. There were boobs. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> of course there were. Uh, he says that Jake and him are feral. Apparently, a lot of that's going around in the AW locker room. <laughs> Much like Pillman Jr.'s upbringing. And then he says they are ready for a snack. And then he says, get ready. What? <laughs> I wrote, well, that was nothing. Drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the arena for the entrance of the devil himself, Malachi Black. <laughs> blackout. A Malachi blackout, if you will, daddy. Uh, I don't apologize for that. Uh, Cody rises up from the depths of hell dressed like Evil Knievel. Oh, uh, uh, <clears throat> so uh, it's nice to see that AW has, for this event, booked Captain America and the Scarlet Bitch. Thank you. Thank you. Uh you cut off my, uh, you cut me off, but uh, okay. Uh, Cody rises up from hell dressed like evil fucking Knievel. I'm half expecting him to ride a dirt bike to the ring. Uh, of course, Arn doesn't get to come from hell. He has to walk out on his own. And Brandy's here, too. Wonderful. He goes, of course, just, Arn doesn't get to come from hell. <laughs> just fucking great. As if there was any doubt who's about to win. Uh, you say that I do say that uh, autocorrect time this is not what I wrote this is what uh, autocorrect said that I wrote Arn makes the spicy throat gesture <laughs> I wrote I wrote slicey I wrote slicey throat gesture uh, <laughs> as we go to bo to a box and box recap of their last match and the dumb shit from last week Paul Turner rings the bell and then Malachi removes his jacket Cody then appears confused because the crowd is kind of chanting for him, but also chanting for Malachi because he's an asshole. Time out. Sure. So. All right, Zach Morris. <laughs> Cody, and we can get into this more in a little bit, but, but Cody went from being, you know, pro wrestling savior as the AEW um, stands anointed him to the bane of AEW's existence. <laughs> like, and he doesn't understand why. And I'm like, dude, 
you had them when this company first started. You could have done anything you wanted. And you chose to be a pompous, fucking ego-inflated, like, piece of shit. Every single chance you got. Sal, you don't understand. He cured racism with his dick. Yeah, New York doesn't seem to think so. (laughs) And I got news for you. Other cities won't either, other than Atlanta. They'll kiss his ass, which is fine. That's your hometown. They battle. He just looked so confused and butthurt that they were booing him. It was so amazing. But, like, what do you you think was going to happen, you dumb fuck? Like... I wore stars and stripes, okay? Dude, you've Come done... On. You know what a tryhard is? That's what Cody Rhodes is. Come on! Like, look! I'm my daddy's son, and I'm the symbol of America! The grandson of a plumber! <laughs> He's just a common man. Come on. Look, I even have an African-American wife! <laughs> My white dick knocked up my black wife. Come on. Love me. No, that's the problem. Dusty never had to ask. Did he? No, Dusty never fucking had to ask. The crowd just loved him because he was that fucking good. My dad didn't marry Sapphire, okay? I married Brandy. (laughs) It is not surprising to me that... The fact fact that I could probably do that for like three hours. Right. Uh, Cody picks the leg but gets kicked off. Malachi picks the leg and Cody rolls free. They jaw at each other, then trade forearm strikes. The crowd is uh, yay booing for Malachi. That's right. Um, Which Malachi smartly says, it's the house of black right there. That's right. Drop that gimmick over. Drop down uppercut from Cody. Always stupid. And the crowd is booing. Leg sweep by black and the crowd cheers. Cody avoids a kick and rolls to the floor. Malachi does a backflip and sits down, and the crowd cheers. Brandy then sits in front of Malachi, flips him off, and says, fuck you, on camera. On camera. On camera. Malachi Black, very appropriately, laughs in her fucking face. He he actually found that hilarious. I did, too. But for different reasons. Because I guarantee you, that was... Someone that was someone is arguing with you, and they say that you can tell that they are just one hundred percent pissed off and completely out of material. So they just go, you know what? Fuck you, man! And you're just like, <laughs> but but the fact that she does this in a close up on cable, like, and you wonder why people hate you. It's that it's it's the exact same reason we used to hate Steph. You think you're better than everyone else, and you're above it all. I I hope to God, I hope to God that Rhodes to the top t- tanks so badly. Uh, Malachi, I think it will. I <laughs> uh, gotta sleep. Major teacher tired. Astro, have a wonderful evening. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you, Astro. Go get some sleep. Malachi with a version of an octopus hold. Cody walks towards the ropes, but Black turns it into a roll up for two. To the ramp we go, and Cody still doesn't understand why the crowd is booing him. Cody dives, and Malachi knees him in the face and sends us to box. Sorry, half box. Such an important match. Uh, when we come back, Cody flips Malachi into a pin for two, then gets kicked in the face, but Cody rolls to the floor. Cody deadweights Malachi, so Malachi just tries for the countout. Uh, Cody, of course, is back in the ring at eight. Malachi is straight into the pin, but they're right next to the ropes, so Cody gets a foot up on two. Malachi hits the ropes, but gets chop-blocked. Cody into the corner. Uh, he avoids a knee, and Black knees the buckle instead. Cody to the ramp. Malachi tries to follow, but gets dragon screwed over the middle rope. Uh, Cody charges ba- uh, back. 
Sorry, Cody charges Black, catches the leg, and hyperextends the knee. Slap to the chest from Cody, then Black hits a back elbow and a kick to the chest. This hurts Black, so Cody tries for crossroads. Uh, Black breaks out, Cody charges, and Black just tosses him across the ring. Uh, Black breaks free from another crossroads, but gets cuttered, then Rhodes, and that's a two count, and the crowd explodes. Yep. Fuck your finish! <laughs> um, <clears throat> Oh, my favorite part. This brings Arn to the apron for some reason. Oh, my God. Which Yes, I Arn, forgot that happened right after he kicked out of the crossroads. Which leads to, how old is he? 56? 84. Yeah. Which leads to 98-year-old Arn Anderson trying to walk around the turnpost, losing his footing, and falling on his ass. Wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> so... Arn Anderson is jarring with Paul Turner, right? For some reason. Right, because he, he thinks it was a three count, I guess, right? To which Paul Turner tells him to get down. And I understand Arn was headed to that side of the ring for that spot. But logically, why is Arn walking around the ring to, and yeah. continuing why? to argue with Paul Turner? <laughs> I feel like Arn got up on the wrong side of the ring. <laughs> Probably, and then had to, like, fix it? Yeah, went, that oh, makes shit, no I'm sense. Oh, shit, I'm supposed to be on that side. Yeah. So then he but goes get to, to get around get to the, watch the this, post. We get, we get to watch this happen on the edge of the screen, <laughs> which makes it even funnier. Because you see, you, see, you see Arn Anderson with his hand on the top rope going around the outside of the ring post, miss, misstepping somewhere. And then just disappearing. Yes. And then everybody in the front row stands up and looks over, which makes it even oh. worse. And JR goes, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, as oh. South said, Arn Anderson has to get back up on the apron for the next spot. By the way, though, Excalibur trying so hard, like, oh, Arn lost his balance or his footing there or something. And I think he called out his age. He was like, you know, 62-year-old Arn Anderson or something like that. But just JR's fucking what happened. Like, because I think he was looking at the monitor and then all of a sudden Arn was gone. Have you seen... Uh, <laughs> I think seen, my monitor's glitching out. <laughs> have you seen A Mighty Wind? I have not. Hey, what happened? <laughs> um, but, oh, uh. But yeah, Arn, Arn then has to get back up on the apron for the for the spot, uh, which is Black throwing Cody into Arn. Yep. Uh, pump kick from Cody sends Black to the apron. Cody checks on Arn, and Arn tells him to fuck off, idiot. You're in the middle of a match. And JR's like, he's right. He's right. Your father would have never done that. <laughs> Completely right. Your brother would have never done that. Hell, Cody. your fucking wife wouldn't do that. She's terrible. <laughs> Cody retrieves Black, who is halfway under the ring for some reason. Hmm. A kick to the midsection, then some chops and punches. Cody shoves Paul Turner off because he's an asshole. Yes, because Cody is a piece of shit, which, by the way, Paul Turner should have disqualified him for. Black sprays mist into Cody's face. Ah, oh, yeah, he was under the ring. Uh, and rolls Cody up for three. My, le my next line? Wow, that was dumb. Uh, Cody pretends to be blind despite there not really being anything on his face and then we go to a video on Sammy and Mira. 
Good God. Okay. They this, booked it. They overbooked this, the shit out of it and fucked it up at every turn. One correction to, the, to your sentence there. Cody overbooked the shit out of this. Yes, 100%. Well, I would assume Cody Arn and Tony Khan, but... Because I guarantee you, Arn was in gave input on this. Oh yeah, then knock me off, and then I'll get mad and like. Okay, I lose clean, brother. And then roll me up for three, can't get, but don't get behind me, brother. You can roll me up three. Now nothing that happened in this match. Now nothing that you have seen here tonight, even vaguely, resembles professional wrestling. You're not kidding. Um, okay, this, this was 100 percent Cody going. He can he. We can put Malachi over. We we can put Malachi over again, but he's, there's got to be shenanigans. I can't take another clean loss. I don't care about the shenanigans, but the type of shenanigans they used was absolutely atrocious. Because let's involve the Arn. last time <laughs> Malachi Black has used poison mist. Well, okay, you can't. It's never happened. I don't. I don't even mind the poison mist. What I mind is. Just the, <laughs> the stupidness of having to involve Arn in this and make it look like Arn and Cody are, are um, arguing with each other, and then and then having Cody be like, "I'm gonna shove the ref because I'm mad that my father's mad at me," or my uncle. We'll call him his uncle, and then, <laughs> and then he gets misted, right? And then he fucking sells it. Like Hogan getting hit with the fireball from Slaughter. <laughs> like after the pinfall, they they zoom in on Cody and he's like, oh, oh, I was blind. I am blind. <laughs> Nothing on his face. Right. <laughs> but he, like I said, he's selling it like Jake Roberts in 88 or 91, whatever it was. Sake. Like, you know, next week he's going to come out there with a fucking eye patch, right? <laughs> Come out with two. Oh my god. Oh, like Gallows did in the fucking Southpaw Regional Wrestling. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, so Cody is a fucking idiot. And if this, if he's going to use this to turn heel, the Meltzers of the world will be like, oh, see, he, he heard the crowd and, and, and he's smart to pivot into a heel character. No, this was, this was how it was going to go beforehand. Before he heard the crowd, he booked this fucking shit. Um, and that's the thing. Yes, Malachi escapes without taking a loss, but this is all about Cody and Arn and Cody and Paul Turner and Cody and his, and you know, his Stevie Wonderism and you know. <laughs> oh my god! And he wonders why everybody fucking hates him. And then his wife's going to get on the fucking microphone and she's going to be like, don't boo my husband. My husband was the greatest WWE champion. Oh, sorry. 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 Wrong gimmick. Wrong company. The same gimmick. Wrong company. Match number four. Wait. Uh-huh. Sammy and Miro. Oh. Um, the, only th- the only thing I took from this is apparently Lana's into BDSM. Why Sometimes. do I need? Why do I need to know this? Sometimes. Uh, Sammy promises to win the, the, the TNT title and buy Fuego a new car. He's but okay. So Miro says, "My God demands pain, and my wife demands pleasure, and, and sometimes, sometimes pain. <laughs> and sometimes pain." <laughs> I go, TMI, dude. 
whatever you two do, and I'm sure she breaks out the gimp mask and the whip and the chain. Good for you two. But uh, I don't need that on air. (laughs) Up next, FTR versus Starby. Um, Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed Sammy's response. It wasn't anything like... Um, you know, talk him into the building, but it was fine. It was appropriate. Uh, match number four: the Brainbusters versus Sting and Wildfire Tommy Rich. <laughs> I mean, it is '88, right? Which one's Zabisco? <laughs> uh, no, the Brainbusters were Arn and Tully. <laughs> oh, Arn and Tully. My bad. Sorry. You're thinking of um, the tag team of Arn and Zabisco. Oh, when they were in the Dangerous Alliance. Oh, my God. I wonder if they had a team name. Anyway, I don't care because it's Larry Sabisco. Larry? Tonight, Dax and Cash forget they're supposed to be a ripoff of the Four Horsemen and come out wearing NWO vests, Scott Hall style. The New World Odor. <laughs> okay, what is it about that font? The New Day did it. Yep. You know, and then... Here comes FTR, and they have FTR in that black and white NWO font. Why does every jack-off use that old NWO <laughs> logo for this shit? I mean, hey, wait a minute. Let's, let's go past that. It's snowing in New York because, you know, don't you remember the icon, the Iceman Sting? Darby comes out to his own music because, fuck you, Dad! The Enforcers. Ah, yes, the Enforcers, because Larry Sabisco has to steal Arn Anderson's gimmick. Uh, we begin with Darby and Dax, and Dax, yes. Wait, Sting comes out, and it was either Excalibur or Tony, who's, Sting is painted for war! It looks like Sting was painted drunk. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's supposed to be like his Joker Sting persona yeah, that he cool. had in TNA. If you remember the the warehouse, he was half crow, half Joker. Yep. He's gone full Joker here, but it doesn't look like the Joker. It doesn't have the big red mouth and the the you know the scars, if you want to call them that. Smile. No, it just looks it's like just, um, it's just uh, dip your head in that bucket. It'll it, and and, and we'll your just, will run, and then we'll just go with it. We'll rub rub fingers on it, and you'll be. It's, it's it looks fine. 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 It looks like a kid did his makeup. <laughs> it looks like three minutes ago he went, oh shit. Yeah, that too. Um, okay. <clears throat> we begin with Darby and Dax, and Dax forces Darby into his corner immediately. Dax tags out to Cash, and Darby wisely scurries away and back to his corner to tag and sting. Think Simba picking a fight and then hiding behind Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> Sting gets in and moves very, very slowly. <laughs> FTR, very e- slowly. FTR easily outmaneuver him and start to double team Sting, but he's Sting, so he fights them both think, off. You'd think they were half his age. Punch, chop, punch, chop. He clotheslines each of them and then body slams each of them, so Sting breaking out that 1988 offense. Kick, punch, it's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 1988 offense, he goes for the Stinger Splash, and he misses and hits the turnbuckle. Oh, no. Grandpa's dead. (laughs) 
Dex sent. Oh, Jesus Christ. Giving him last rights. <laughs> Dex sends Sting off the ropes and goes off the ropes himself. And wouldn't you know it, they collide headfirst in the middle okay. of the ring. Did we need the teeter totter dick butt? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Does it have a name? That's what I called it, because that's what it fucking was. I put Sting is wobbly, and we get the old Triple H spot of Sting falling headfirst onto Dax's nutsack. Teeter, I the teeter totter dickhead butt, because that's what it was. Because Sting went, Sting went stiff as a board, and then went back off the ropes, and then back down. On <laughs> okay, so that was dumb. And to be fair, the only time I ever liked that spot was when Triple H did it to. To Owen or oh no, Owen did it to Triple H. That was the only time I ever liked that spot, and that's because Owen did it and made it look fucking amazing. Um, but ever since then, Triple H just tried to redo that spot about nine times, and I hate it every time. And I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, I hated it here. I'm like, really? How fucking stupid. However, however, as fucking childish as that spot is, it does still get a reaction from the crowd. Of course it does. It's a headbutt <laughs> to the nuts. It's funny. And I have to give credit to Cash because he realizes the, the, the this is happening, and as Sting starts to fall down, he reaches out and tries to grab Sting and pull him back. Um, so at least credit to uh, to Cash on that one. Darby gets tagged in and runs back and forth really fast. He takes out both of them with a shotgun dropkick. Gotta go fast. And a flying Gotta back go elbow. Gotta go fast. And even a springboard coffin splash knocking FTR out of the ring. Sal. Yeah. Did you know Chaos Project is still a thing? No. Because apparently they lost to X-Lax on Dark. Why would you? Because <sighs> they ran the Dark things at the bottom of the screen. Oh. I was like, oh, oh, fuck, Chaos Project. It doesn't surprise me. Where else are they going to go? Remember when they made a big deal about Serpentico being all elite? <laughs> oh. Darby goes up top and launches himself to the outside with a cotton drop onto FTR. But FTR catch him and drop him face first on the apron. Darby <laughs> flails in pain as we go to box and box. Back from box and Dax holds Darby's face against the ropes and Tully gets his face cloth. Uh-oh. But before... Does this smell like chloroform to you? But before Telly can, God forbid, wash Darby's face, uh, Darby fights out and then tries to outmaneuver Dax and Cash to try to get the sting. Darby tries to leap over both of them, but they catch him and stop him from tagging, tagging out. And then FTR tossed Darby down. Darby lands on his feet. FTR charged him, and Darby goes under their legs. <laughs> Whoop! And rolls and tags out the Sting. Sting wrestling with a t-shirt on. Yeah. Is that like when you wear a shirt in the pool? Yes. Okay. It's also like when Jericho was wrestling with a shirt on, which benefited us all. Sting uses classic fire. Super effective. Sting hits a spine buster on Dax just to get, uh, to get Arn angry in the back. Dax fires back and knocks Sting out to the ramp. Dax goes after Darby, and him and Cash start to set up for the spiked pile driver, but Sting shoves Cash to the floor. Then Sting leaps off the top rope and hits a crossbody onto Dax. Yes, 
Sting leapt off the top rope and kind of, still got it. And kind of flailed his way He's into a crossbody. It. it looked bad. Cash baits Sting, and Sting stupidly chases him, which allows Dax to roll up Sting from behind. Dax even holds the tights, but Sting kicks out. Dax gives us the throat cut motion, and I'm not sure why, but then he picks up Sting in a tombstone, and I think, oh, fuck. Oh, the, the spicy threat? This is where Sting gets drawed. <laughs> Sting slips out the back door and into the setup for the Scorpion Death Drop. Sting waits on Darby to get to the top so they can hit some type of double team. But uh, Cash clips the back of Darby's knee, crotching Darby in the process. Sting then hits the... Go ahead. Sting hooks Dash Dax for the, for the death drop Yeah, and tells Darby to go up top. Darby goes up, Cash drops Darby, but instead of just doing the death drop, Sting <laughs> drops Dax and goes after Cash. Yes. No, just death drop Dax. Yeah, you're right there. You have him in position. <laughs> uh, Sting then hits multiple Stinger splashes on FTR and then drops Cash with the death drop. However, in the other corner, Tully hands Dax a chair so Dax can wedge it between the ropes. Dax tries to lure Sting in. St Sting, because if Sting is anything, Sting is an idiot. Falls for it and charges with... Turn on me, I swear. It charges with another Stinger splash. Dax moves and Sting almost hits the chair, but stops himself. The face that he made. Oh, shit. He then throws Dax headfirst into the chair, and Paul Turner says, Yeah, I have no idea what to do with that one. They didn't teach us anything about that in referee school. I mean, if the chair's just there, no nobody's hitting anybody else with it, so it's not... Who who would you disqualify? I mean, you can't disqualify the turnbuckles. <laughs> Sting rolls up Dax, but he kicks out at two. Sting applies the Scorpion Deathlock to Dax. Cash, who is on the outside, tries to drag Dax out of the Deathlock, but Darby comes off the top rope to hit an unsuspecting Cash with a cotton drop. Where, where was Cash? Outside. How about that? <laughs> with Cash out of the way... Cash is fucking dead. Yeah. Cash got squahished by that cotton drop. Because I, I, Good God, that was gross. I don't know if he knew it was coming that fast. Like, I think the velocity kind of surprised him. Like, I guarantee if you were standing right next there, you would have heard Cash just go... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with Cash out of the way, Sting drags Dax to the center, and Dax taps out. Sting and Darby celebrate. What'd you think of this match? Uh, it was uh, it was all right. It was nothing special. It was a lot of 1988 bullshit. <laughs> and by that, I mean body getting, slams. I'm getting shit in chat for that joke, by the way. Oh, don't, come on. But I just thought of it. You said that. You said cash on the outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it was all right. Every time we see Sting He looks wrestle, slower. Every time we see Sting wrestle at this point, it's like, okay, it was cool. It was cool the first time, but... Remember, lay, lay, lay low, Grandpa. Do lay you low. remember in the very 2005? Probably when, not, but go on. When Piper and Snooka and Steamboat were fighting Jericho. Oh, Jesus. And it was that whole Mickey Rourke thing, but Mickey mm -hmm. Rourke wasn't allowed to actually wrestle, so they just had him punch him at the end. Um, yeah. So Piper and Snooka during that feud, right? Hmm. 
you could tell they had no business being in the ring. <laughs> Especially Snuka. Yeah, but that's kind of where we're at with Sting. But Ricky, is, Ricky Steamboat was like, let's go, motherfuckers! Ricky Steamboat could still go. Yeah, that fucking dude. But, but Sting feels like he's slow as shit. He's trying to keep it basic. But he's also doing too much, if that makes sense. Like, I just... It doesn't like, work for like, me. Like a crossbody to the outside. Yeah, him him in a ring at this age, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't yeah. feel like Sting. You know what it feels like? Remember when Kurt Angle was in that last year of his career? Ghost. When he was a member of the Shield? Yeah, dude, that's what it feels like. It feels like, okay, you probably should have hung it up a couple years ago. You are now cosplaying as a wrestler. There and it is. you need to, and you need to stop. All right, it was go. it was cool the first time when he came out and hit that hit that dive on Scorpio Sky, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, but the bloom is now off the rose. For real, you need to fucking stop. Yeah. Uh, then we see highlights of Britt and Ruby's promo from last week's Rampage. We go to break. We come back. We run down night two's card. Night two's card, and then it's time for our main event. Why? In the uh, in the promo uh, the, the promo shot for for uh, Hobbs versus Punk, why is Hook dressed to wrestle? I thought it's it's not a handicap match. He does not need to be wearing boxer shorts. I the only thing I could think of was that like, oh, they took his picture so for when he does wrestle, and that's the only picture they have to use for the graphic. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, I, I promise you, we, they have used a promo pic of him in the wife beater and jeans before. Yeah. I promise you. I know I shouldn't call it a wife beater anymore. I can't. You know what I mean. Whatever. Anyway, enter Ruby Soho for this title opportunity. Britt enters alone. I was about to call this suspicious, but finally Rebel and Hater appear. It was like 17 minutes later. Uh, to Robert Justin's for the introductions. The bell rings and we circle, and Aubrey Edwards makes her first appearance tonight. Ruby drops Britt and bangs her head against the mat a bit. Britt fights out of a side headlock and gets an armbar, then a fish hook and a one count. Soho stomps the toes and takes the waist into a side headlock off the ropes, and Soho drops Britt with a shoulder block. We do a whole bunch of running until Britt gets kneed in the face. Soho takes the arm, Britt sprawls for the rope and drops to the floor. Soho then dives on Rebel and Hater, then she gets super kicked in the chops by Britt, hanging Paige Turner off the apron, and Britt returns to the ring. This sends us to box. When we come back, Britt gets sent face first into the middle buckle, then a running kick and another and a third. Soho ducks a lariat. Britt blocks a takedown. Soho breaks out of a page turner and hits a back suplex off the ropes, and Soho eats a super kick. Both women are down as Excalibur mentions Ruby's surgical history. We slug it out center of the ring. Soho backs Baker to the ropes. Britt turns the whip into a Russian leg sweep. She tries to roll into the lock jaw, but Soho turns it into a waist lock. Headlocked by Britt off the ropes. Britt with a sling blade, and Rebel gives her the glove. She flips off the camera. Ruby catches the, the stop, stomp. slap, stomp, and puts on some sort of leg lock. Thank you. Or knee bar. Ruby grabs the other leg and catapults Britt into the corner. Then an enzigiri. Soho to the top, and she hits a big senton for a two. Some shots in the corner from Ruby, but Britt catches a kick. Britt with a page turner and a super kick, and that's a two count. Britt to the buckles, but... Uh, Butt gets caught. Soho wants to suplex Britt to the floor, but Britt fights it off. We fight on the buckles until Britt hits an air raid crash off the buckles for a two count. Is it bad that I was really nervous for both these girls when Britt was setting up for that second rope air raid crash? 
Soho came down pretty much on her shoulder. But also, it looked like Brit didn't have her, like, fully when she was setting up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Don't fuck it up. Please. Please don't die. Please don't die. Please don't die. Uh, Brit sends Soho to the floor where Rebel and Hater laugh at her. Ruby catches a kick from Brit from the stairs but gets face stomped into said stairs. Uh, Back into the ring for a curb stomp, and that's another two. Roll up by Soho gets a two, then that kick, which is apparently called the No Future. Rebel gets a No Future. Hater drops Ruby's throat across the top rope on the other side, which staggers Ruby into the lockjaw, and Ruby taps out. Your thoughts? Huh. I wanted this to be better than it was. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Nothing. Putting lotion on my dry tattoo. So. All, of a sudden I, all of a sudden I look over at Sal and he's looking down at his lap and shaking. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's, okay. it's, been said, it's been said by, I want to say it was Troy. Who, who, for everything Ruby, uh, not Ruby, sorry, for everything Britt has on the microphone, she does not yet have in the ring. And it's, and especially against someone as, as, as talented as Ruby, it really kind of, sh- kind of shown here, um, that, that she, it felt like, kind of felt like she was a step behind at times. At times, yeah. Um, some of the character work was fine though, and like believable. Like Brit's, Brit's got great facial expression. Char- yeah, there's nothing wrong with the character. So she does. She sells like what she needs to sell during a match. But yeah, the execution is, yeah, it's lacking something. But my my, the only good thing I took away from this was that, um, it was kind of booked exactly how I said it was going to be booked because I said I didn't want Rumi to win because it's too quick. But you have two heaters out there. Just have them cost Ruby the match, and that's exactly what they did. You know, the numbers game, all that other shit. It worked for me, as far as the the finish. But, yeah, there wasn't, um... I mean, I'll give both girls credit, because I know that they fucking tried, and they worked their ass off, but it wasn't, uh... It was a little clunky sometimes, and at other times it felt like Ruby was waiting for Brett. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... JR says, you have to have newfound respect for Ruby as Brett holds the title high. He reminds us that Rampage is two hours this week. Then Excalibur says, next Friday night, Miro defends the title against Sammy. That's, uh, that'd be next Wednesday, Excalibur. I was going to say, that's not true. That's not a true statement. Now, five matches on Dynamite this week. Yes. We had one no contest, two clean finishes, three fuck finishes. What a show. <laughs> So you were not happy with the show. It just felt like because we had the, we, we had the no contest at the start, which we've talked about. That was fine. That yeah. was what needed to be what needed to happen. But yeah. you had you had fuckery in the women's title match. You had fuckery in Cody and Black versus Black. You had fuckery in um, uh, what was the other one? Shit, I'm blanking on it right now. You didn't. Uh, well, I, you didn't have fuckery in the in. Uh, Darby and Sting versus FTR. Yeah. And then you didn't really have fuckery in MJF versus Pillman. It was just Pillman wasting too much time. Yeah, hang up. Um. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I wrote that wrong. My, that math doesn't add up. So, yeah, one no contest, two clean finishes, two fuck finishes. 
Yes. So it just it I think ending with the fuck finish kind of exacerbated that a bit for me. Yeah. Uh where it's like, okay, so nothing because when you when you end on that note, you feel like nothing could happen. But so I will say, and, uh, and it was funny because they alternated too. Yeah, you had no contest, clean finish, fuck finish, clean finish, fuck finish. Yeah. So, I think Jason nailed it perfectly this week in the host thread. He said it felt like what the WWE does when they put on a card in Saudi Arabia. You have like these big matches, but then ultimately. It's okay, but there's nothing consequential. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. The AEW's insistence because they only have four pay per views a year of having all of these special episodes of Dynamite that they make feel super important, and they made this feel like it would be kind of like a WrestleMania beforehand. And you, and you yeah, and you yes. can't. You can't do that and 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 deliver the stuff hype like this. going into it, and they've done this for a couple of years now. Whether it's it's um, Fighter Fest or you know the greatest card there ever was at fucking every, every, Miami Vice night, like every episode in July being a special episode. <laughs> That's what I mean. They fucked themselves. They did this themselves. This was a perfectly fine episode of Dynamite. Yeah. But you build it like it was going to be fucking Double or Nothing Part 2. It was the, the biggest crowd we've ever like had. Like, of this year. Like, you, you made it sound like this was going to be the event. Fuck Full Gear. It was going to be this. In front of 22,000 or whatever it was in New York. And, yeah, you kind of underdelivered Because nothing, you know, what was... Okay, so... They, they, they blew their load right out of the gate. And don't worry, it happens to all guys. Right. As soon as you get past that first match, the rest of the show is pretty pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And I, like, like I said, it makes it makes sense why you would open with that, and it makes sense why you would have the finish that you would have. But if you can't deliver to that level on any of the other matches, and I guarantee you, Cody Rhodes was like, we're going to start hour two just like we started hour one, and me and Black Malachi are going to go out there and fucking tear the house down. And then he got out there, and the crowd was like, fuck you! And he's like, oh, uh, Ma? Yeah, but the way they laid that match out, it wasn't a tear the house down kind of match. We've seen Malachi Black have that match in, in NXT when he fought um, the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> they told the right story going into the match, and the match was really good. Even when he fought Champa, I thought the match was good. Right? But like... Cody's not that type of wrestler. He's not going to wow you in between the bell. And the match was over-fucking-booked. It was over-booked like fucking crazy. Was it more competitive than the first match? Sure. But it doesn't mean it was good. And then from there, I didn't mind FTR versus Sting in, in, in Darby sure. when Darby was fighting Dax or Cash. <laughs> But again, just too much gimmicky bullshit. And then, like I said, I thought the women worked hard, but I just... Here comes the dance. Here comes the casher. The revolution. Tully's a pastor. <laughs> he is. Actually, this card would have been great with, like, a, a pack versus Andrade, too. Sure. With no bullshit, right? Like, just, like, straight up, who's going to win? 
What do you think this has on Cage Match? Oh, I'm sure it has an 8. 8.84. Yeah. Yeah, it's not surprising at all, dude. What do you... Okay. Um, now, granted, Daniel versus Omega, in my mind, gives that some credit. Sure. Now, a certain, uh, a certain newsletter... Uh, written by a, uh, or overseen by a certain sandwich, um, gave that match five stars, which I, I feel is perfectly acceptable. Um, but it also gave Black versus Cody Rhodes three and a half stars. Uh, well, Darby, Darby Allen and Sting versus FTR three and three quarter stars, and Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho three and a half stars. To be honest, and I know it's like not that big of a difference, but in my mind it is. Um, I would agree with most of those for probably a star less on each one. Like, yeah, I think Britt and Ruby was two and a half stars. I think Cody and Malachi was two and a half stars. Um, yeah, everything, like I said, felt very average. So I think he's actually being reserved, giving three and a half to Cody. You'd figure he'd give five knowing him, <laughs> but I don't know. It was uh, it was certainly a night in New York. So now, um, what is your take on on Jason on a point that Jason made on the WWE rundown last week about um, the 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 Baker versus uh, uh, Soho promo from last week and and Ruby kind of playing heelish and make and. Uh, he called it slut shaming. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call it that. But making the joke about uh, Britt Baker sleeping with the guy in the back, uh, but then and then not getting come up and kind of getting come up and here because she won, but not. It's nothing really coming of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get shit for this. I don't really fucking care. <laughs> I didn't take it as slut shaming because he said <laughs> she said that she was banging some dude in the back. You know, it's it's quite obvious to everybody who watches AEW that she's with Adam Cole. And it doesn't really fit the narrative because Adam Cole just got there, so it's not like she used him to like get to the top, right? Um But in in the history of what women say to each other during promos. <laughs> what? Come on, dude. Like, like we had Summer Rae call someone a twat once. <laughs> okay? And, and and God knows all the other horrid things that, like, Mickey and Trish and, like, even fucking uh, Michelle McCool and, and Layla L said to each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, the cesspool of things that women wrestlers have said to each other. And you're going to harp on that? Mm-hmm. It was a fucking line to pop the crowd so everybody would go, oh, that's all it was. <laughs> oh. That's all I thought it was. And then I thought, like, you know, Brett fired right back when she was like, you got fired, bitch. <laughs> yeah. To me, it wasn't as, as, I didn't think of it as slut shaming. Like, Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, like, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't even you're sleeping the way to the top. Yeah, we know we know who she's sleeping with, and he just happens so happens to work for them now. So oh, and by the way, uh, the entirety of Triple H and Stephanie's character on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, of course uh, you're. Of course you're. Uh, think about the shit Jericho used to say to Stephanie McMahon. Okay. Granted, I know it was twenty years ago, but even something. during the Authority, people would be like brutal, bottom feeding trash bag. Yeah. Bro. Dude, even during the Authority, like Paul Heyman was like, "You're just like your father. You're a fucking douchebag." <laughs> cat with a mic slam. Yeah. Come on, cat. All right. Any further comments? He's sticking his asshole in my face. Any further comments before we move on to Rampage? No. Rampage. AEW Rampage. Grand Antanas. Slam Night 2. Antanas is in the chat. Says, don't worry, it'll be Bray time on Wednesday, maybe. I hope hmm. not. I wouldn't hate it. Anyway. So, Excalibur welcomes us to Rampage, and tonight he's joined by Taz and Ricky Starks. Oh, three-man booth, thank God. So the AW Dark commentary team that me and Adam got used to when we used to watch Dark. Sure. Match number one. Oh, by the way, before we get started, I do want to mention that apparently all of these matches were filmed out of order. I would hope so. So I, I heard that I've heard I've heard conflicting reports. I heard, I've heard that- I heard two or three were filmed before the night started, like Dynamite, and then two yeah. or three after. It's just, you can tell that this was filmed out of order, because there's certain parts during the um, during this card where it just seems like weird edit points, but... At least it's not it's not like Jacksonville, where they ha- you could see the sky, and you're like, oh, it's light, oh, it's fucking ten minutes later, and it's pitch fuck black. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is fair. But yeah, I had heard I'd heard conflicting reports that this was they recorded all of this after Dynamite, which really would have sucked for the crowd, I think, maybe yeah. staying there till midnight, or the, the, some that they recorded half before and half after, after half half after is a weird phrase to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, whether they recorded them in order or out of order, I hope I would hope if they did half before and half after, they did do them out of order. Otherwise, you have CM Punk, spoiler alert, defeating Will Hobbs. And then going on dynamite and going, I'm gonna make Will Hobbs go to sleep on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but certain matches also, you could get away also, with. Also, if they did it half before and half after, that means they started with the regular with the rampage canvas. Yeah. Did half of rampage, swapped to the regular canvas for dynamite, and then had to swap back to the rampage canvas. Wait a minute, though, is that really that big of a deal? Don't they do that? Or didn't they do that for uh, 205 Live? I, I don't know. I've heard, I, I, this was so long ago, that I that may have been its own canvas, but it may have also been like fatheads that they applied to the uh, canvas. Maybe. Oh, you got a ring crew there. I'm not that concerned with it. They'll, they'll figure it out. Match number one, Powerhouse Hobbs. Versus CM Punk. We see highlights of Taz throwing a fake tantrum at Punk. And then Hobbs dropping CM Punk onto a table that won't break. Mm -mm. After Hobbs comes out with Hook, Punk makes his entrance. And we all sing along to Cult of Personality, which is a much better song to sing to than Judas. Oh, Hook. Oh, God. Sorry, what? Punk says it's clobbering time, and he makes his way to the ring as Taz screams at Punk like Punk can hear him from the announcer's table. Look in my eyes, what do you see? Oh, it's the, the cat of personality. 
Sorry, I just I just remembered that that was a thing. Uh, by the way, Punk has switched back to Trunks. Yes, yes, he has. I after assume... another after another poll on Twitter. Oh, is that why he did it? Okay, I thought it was because he looked he watched it back against Darby and he just didn't like the way it looked and was like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. But um, no, that's cool if he's actually listening to the fans because you said the first poll they said Trunks and he was just like, no pants. <laughs> And then they're like, no, really, Trunks. And he's like, all right, fine, Trunks. Fine, Trunks. Anyways, the bell rings, and Punk immediately goes on the attack. He hits Hobbs with a running drop kick, and then a basement drop kick to Hobbs' knee. Punk continues to hit kicks to the leg, but Hobbs ends up with a headbutt that sends Punk reeling. Hobbs whips Punk into the ropes, but Punk reverses it and then drops Hobbs with a drop toe hold. Punk grapevines the knee and falls back to wrench at the leg again. Punk hits a Russian leg sweep and then flips off Hook for presumably those dumb purple track pants Hook is wearing. <laughs> Hook gets on the apron and the distraction allows Hobbs to flatten Punk with a running crossbody. You think Taz was like, "Where the fuck are you wearing purple? It's fucking orange, kid." What are you in the How dark order? How many times I gotta tell you? How many times I gotta tell you? Orange. What are you in the dark order now? Huh? Is that what you you with the dark order now? That I gotta worry about you with the dark order now, huh? Get the fuck in there. <laughs> Hobbs follows up with some stiff punches and then checks his own imaginary watch to see what time it is. I guess it's not clobbering time. Hobbs whips... Power. It's powerhouse time. Yeah. Hobbs whips Punk into the corner and Punk goes sternum first. Really? And before that we did the Russian leg sweep? We're just going to do all of Bret Hart's moves tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs outpowers Punk as we go. To box. This week, Box and Box is brought to you by Popeyes. Mm. Fuck oh. KFC. Get yourself some goddamn Popeyes. Those nuggets are good. Man. Side note: I had Popeyes this weekend. First time I've ever had them. I approve. Those nuggets are good, man. I love. I love that they have to do when you order it on the app, and they have to give you the sodium warning. Like, warning, this has a lot of fucking salt on it, so your your heart might stop, but they fucking taste good, so whatever. But it tastes really good. <laughs> I wish they had spicy nuggets. Because they have the spicy tenders, but they don't have spicy nuggets. They only have regular nuggets. Yeah, but I don't mind if you if the spicy tenders are fine. I do the spicy tenders. The only problem I the only problem I have with Popeyes is the line at the drive thru is always so fucking long. Yeah. Even when I get out of work at like eight o'clock. Because they're that fucking good. <laughs> it's like dunks in the morning. It's a fucking yeah. line that goes around ten blocks. <laughs> Aroma Joe's. Mm. Killian Chad. I heard Popeye's. <laughs> so good. All right. Back from box, and Hobbs does what every big man does in an AEW. He holds Punk in a bear hug. I love you. Punk fights back, and they slug it out. Punk hits a leg lariat and follows up with a swinging neckbreaker. He then hits the running knee in the corner and then a short arm clothesline that drops Hobbs. Punk goes up top for the Macho Man elbow drop and he nails it and this gets a two count. Taz says Hobbs' big thickness helped him kick out. Gross. <laughs> Saxe says it's because Popeyes is better than Chick-fil-A. Of course Popeyes is better than Chick-fil-A. Popeyes doesn't care that I exist. Or you exist. Or Killen exists. Right. Chick-fil-A wants us dead. Continue. You're not wrong. 
Also, <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Can't beat the amazing taste of not homophobia. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Also, Chick-fil-A isn't open on Sundays, so fuck them. Punk gets Hobbs up for the GTS, but Hobbs blocks it and drops Punk with a belly-to-belly <clears throat> suplex. Hobbs covers and Punk barely kicks out. Hobbs goes for a pump handle slam, but Punk escapes and applies a sleeper. Sleeper! Hobbs goes down to one knee, but then back suplexes his way out of it. Oh, he proposed? <laughs> Hobbs hits an Oklahoma stampede that Excalibur calls an Oakland stampede. Yeah, okay. Because it's, it's Will Hobbs. Yeah. He covers, but Punk kicks out of two and a half. By the way, the Oklahoma stampede, completely stupid move. <laughs> Let me run you into the turnbuckle, and then I'm going to slam you. Yeah. It's the, it's the Bulldogs running power slam, but with extra... It's an old school move. It's like something like Stan Hansen did, I think. Makes when, sense. When he didn't clothesline someone's fucking head off. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, speaking of losing your head. Hobbs goes <laughs> up to the second turnbuckle. Punk meets him up there. Punk goes for her Karana, but Hobbs blocks it. Hobbs then takes a second to set himself... And Punk delivers the her and Karana. However, Will Hobbs forgets to flip. Uh-huh. And instead, he just goes face first into the canvas. I just wrote, so Hobbs can't take a Hurricane Rana. Good to know. Okay. What's that line Jake Roberts used to have about the DDT? Short ride, bad landing. <laughs> Dude, even Aubrey immediately checks on Hobbs. Because that yeah. one looked rough. Yeah. Um, pull back the curtain. That was that was all Hobbs' fault, right? I would say so. Yeah, dude. You can't do that, man. You're going to break your fucking neck. You got to take a fucking flat back on that. I, I don't know. I don't know if he if he jumped late, if the timing was off. But yeah. let's, let's pull back the curtain here. The Hurricane Rana has nothing to do with the person throwing the Hurricane Rana. Yes. Um, but yeah, Hobbs just went straight down, right fucking face first. <laughs> they said the top of his head. I, I don't even know. It, it happened so fucking suddenly. <laughs> and everybody in the and the commentated team went ah. <laughs> uh, Punk covers, but Hobbs is able to kick out. Punk tries an armbar, but Hobbs blocks it. Armbar. Punk then tries a triangle, but Hobbs lifts him up and power bombs him down. Hobbs covers, but again, Punk kicks out. They go back to exchanging strikes. Punk hits a big roundhouse kick and calls for the GTS. Hook gets on the apron, and Punk goes to grab him. Hobbs charges in. Punk ducks. Hobbs knocks into Hook, sending Hook crashing to the floor. Hobbs turns around, and Punk lifts him and hits the GTS for the win. Your thoughts on our opening contest? Uh, God, Aubrey is ridiculous. Well... She counted that final pinfall and signaled for the bell like it was the climax of a battle scene in the Avengers. <laughs> Ring bell! Assemble! <laughs> Just so over the top. Yeah, I know. Um, match was decent. The match wasn't bad, um, considering... But uh, that, that fucking Hurricanrana's spot just looked really fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you kind of got to blame AEW because you're putting a guy like Will Hobbs on a big, big fucking stage like that. And then you're going to get mad at him for, you know, not mad at him, but like you put his safety on the line because he's not ready for that type of fucking prime time. Jesus Christ, you you don't do that with a guy who's wrestled like what, a dozen matches in his career? What was it, two weeks ago that we were worried he got fucked up in that match with... Um, yeah, with Darby. Dante Martin. Oh, Dante no, Martin. Was... Yes, it was Dante Martin. Yeah, and now here we are again, and it's like, I don't blame Hobbs. He's too fucking green to be in this spot. Um, but I don't know, maybe they just expect... I, I haven't seen enough of his matches on Dark to know if he's like doing good, but he's a big man. He shouldn't be asked to be doing that much, especially when he's green. <sighs> Anyway, Taz gets all butthurt on commentary as Punk celebrates. Oh, I mean, we had him. We had him, but we just messed it up. Yeah, the story of Team Taz's life. We then go to a pre-tape where Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, and Nyla Rose all say that they are going to take the other two out. I smell a triple threat. Jade versus Nyla. There's a feud I can't wait for. No, no, no. Jade versus Nyla versus Thunder Rosa. That's what I'm we're fi- doing. I'm fine with Rosa. Yeah, but they're going to depend on her to, to quarterback this thing. I feel bad for her. Or maybe Jade will fight Nyla first, and one of them will just draw the other one, and we'll be done. And we won't have to go back there. The way you use draws is a verb, just so freely. It is trio's time. You know why? Because a good portion of our fans don't know what that means. You want to know why? (laughs) It is trio's time as here come the elite. Adam Cole enters separately, so overshadowing already. I I gotta admit, and I don't care if I get shit for this. Hey, it's all about the boom. (laughs) He feels like, and I get it, why, but dude, he feels like he fits right into this. It's just such a smooth transition to the point where I'm like, I don't even think about him in the Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. It took like one month, and I'm just like, feels like he's been here the whole time. You know it's all about that boo. Uh, sadly, Don Callis joins commentary. We get a commercial. Oh, and then him and Taz suck each other off. <laughs> Holy shit, Don. How long's it been? 25 years? I remember when you that, were Cyrus. That is a visual that I am going to hate you for for the rest of my life. Whose fault? Just so you know. Is it that you're visualizing that? You said it, motherfucker. It doesn't mean I'm visualizing that. I'm just saying that they overcompliment each other. That is not what you said. <laughs> that's what I... Uh, that is not what you said. That's what I was implying in rundown terms, which means they suck each other off. <laughs> we get a commercial break then the geriatric express enter uh christian starts with cole and we circle cole then tag matt christian takes the waist and we go to the mat where christian does push-ups on matt's back matt gets dropped we go for knuckles matt obviously with the kick to the gut some strikes he struggles to take his shirt off another strike and a hip swivel into the corner christian gets some chops in that a 10 punch he stands on matt's throat on the middle rope then up and over for the uppercut uh, diving uppercut for two, and Christian tags Jungle Boy. Double hip toss on Matt. Nick gets flapjacked and kicked in the face. Matt with a chop to the throat, and he tags Nick. Nick wrenches the arm and tags Matt. Jungle Boy does double flippity bullshit arm drag, and the crowd is happy. 
Cole leads Jungle Boy right into a double super kick on the outside. Then Luchasaurus fights off three opponents by himself. Uh, he eventually gets drop kicked into the barricade, and we're back in the ring for a triple team on Jungle Boy. Cole has Boy in a camel clutch. The Bucks run back and forth about 10, 15, 75 times, then kiss Cole on the cheeks, do a backflip, and drop kick Boy in the face. This is dumb. On this, we go to break. You like that? What you think that? Think that camel clutch. I kind of saw it. Okay, so when they started running back and forth more than once, I was like, uh, it's a gimmick spot. <laughs> it's an elite thing. Um, I did like that they finished it off, though, with the double drop kicks. We come back so Excalibur can explain that for some reason. Each hour of Rampage tonight is a separate program, so make sure your DVR is programmed accordingly. Thanks, spoiler asshole. <laughs> spoiler alert, if you're watching this on DVR, it's too goddamn late already. Yep. Luchasaurus gets the hot tag and cleans house. Everyone gets backdropped or flapjacked. Then the Bucks get clotheslined. Luchasaurus poses instead of following up, and Cole breaks up a double choke slam with a pump kick. Saurus avoids further damage via acrobatics and hits two kicks and two choke slams and covers Nick for two, thanks to Matt. Saurus tags Jungle Boy. No idea where Christian is. Saurus eats a double super kick from Nick and Cole. Christian appears and wants the kill switch on Nick, but gets pushed into a super kick from Matt. Jungle Boy gets spiked with a DDT, and Nick tags in. More bang for your buck is countered. Jungle Hurricane Rana's Nick off the top, then German's Matt, and that's a two count on Matt after a murder-suicide from Christian. That spot was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Jungle with the snare trap on Matt, and LG hits the apron. Jungle Boy... Uh, Bites, gets super kicked, but no sells it until he can waylay Matt with a clothesline, then they're both down. Double tag, Luchasaurus and Cole in. They hockey fight in the middle of the ring, and it looks kind of stupid. All six in the ring. Eventually, Christian and the Bucks are on the ramp. Jungle leaps on Matt. Noops, noop, noop, super kicks. Jungle, Christian spears Nick. Matt low blows Christian and throws him to the floor. Then, he, then the Bucks throw Jungle Boy to the floor as well. In the ring, Lucha sits up, catches a super kick. Cole drops out of a choke slam and kicks the knee out so he can hit a shining wizard. This gets a two. Cole cripples Luchasaurus with a Panama Sunrise. We get a BTE trigger and the boom from Adam Cole, as Excalibur calls it, which is just a shining wizard to the back of the head. And the super click are your winners. That shining wizard to the back of the head is the last shot. It's the boom. No, I know, but that's what they used to call it, was the last shot in NXT. That was his finishing move. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Uh, They celebrate. Jungle Boy re-enters the ring, and Jungle and Cole have a chat. Somehow Jungle does not get super kicked. And Excalibur throws us to a preview of Rose to the Top, also known as your commercial break. This was uh, this was fun. It was. I didn't um, hate this as much as the next match I have to cover. Hmm. Um, oh, you got I, a handful of them tonight. But anyway, oh, we'll get we'll fucking get to that. Uh, no, I enjoyed this. It was fun. Minus the uh, minus the kissy kissy. Well, do you expect anything less from those from those three? Uh, it's like the Outsiders, dude. Like when you used to see them, when you used to do that other show. I can expect it and still need <clears throat> it. True, that's true. Uh, so first of all, I called this match Super Click versus a boy, an old fossil, and a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> um, second, I, I appreciate that the Super Elite, Super Click, whatever they are, won. There okay. are dinosaurs, lots of dinosaurs. Now get them off my lawn. <laughs> um, yeah, I needed, I needed for the the Bullet Club to win this, and they did. Um, where was Carl Anderson? Maybe we'll talk about that later. 
Well, that's the fake reason. But what's <laughs> the real reason? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> Whoop. Yeah, it was your typical elite segment. Let's be honest here. Uh, is your mic still working? Yeah. Okay. That's the the mute function. Oh, gotcha. I realized that I tapped it and then was going to tell you that it was the mute function, which you couldn't hear because I'd have been muted. <laughs> Match number three, it is the men of the year versus the cunts of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is better than mine. I wrote men of the year versus Fox News' target demo. Yeah. Uh, Sky and Paige make their way out to the ring, accompanied by Dan Lambert. Jared and Jake make their way out straight from the 2010 SmackDown locker room. We begin with Jericho and Scorpio, and Excalibur reminds us that Scorpio Sky was the first man to pin Chris Jericho in AEW. And he's he's done fuck all since. Jericho walks out. Not (laughs) now. You're right, he won the tag titles. Wait, no, that was before he pinned Jericho. Oh, he also has an action figure. Yeah, no, I know he was tag champ. He was tag champ like two weeks into the freaking existence of the company. Uh, let's see here. Jericho works over Sky and plans someone to back suplex. He then wastes time by flipping off Ethan Page for no reason. Jericho then backs Sky into a corner and delivers ten stiff clotheslines, a la Roman Reigns. Uh, he tags out to Jake, and then they whip Sky off the ropes and flatten him with a double shoulder tackle. Who are they, the Road Warriors? Hager goes to pick up Scorpio, but alas, Sky hits a jawbreaker and tags out to Eaton Page. Hager hits a belly-to-belly on Page, and this gets a two-count. Jericho and Jake continue to work over Page. Page escapes a swinging neckbreaker and hits Jericho with a huge roundhouse kick to take Jericho down. Because he's got a black belt in Taekwondo, you see. Taekwondo? That's what Excalibur said. Not Taekwondo? Taekwondo. But Excalibur said it weird. I'm telling you. This week, this week I learned that I'm blocked by Jake Hager on Twitter, and I don't remember why. I'm sure you said something about his friggin' uh, right-winged views. He is Jake Hager, after all. Or you said something about his wife in the feud with Dustin. Possible. That's a much... that That's a good possibility. Uh, Paige chokes Jericho against the middle rope, and Dan Lambert slaps Jericho across the face as we go to box. During box, during box, we get the hot tag from Jericho sexy, Hager. Sexy clarifying, Taekwondo is when you take Taekwondo lessons in the back of a Walmart. This is exactly what Ethan Page has done. Um, so during box, we get the hot tag spot. I mean, we couldn't put that in full screen? Timing! We come back to Ethan Page and Hager down on the outside. Page throws Hager back in the ring, and the men of the year take turns beating down Big Jake. Hager fights back, fucks up the first time, but nails a big clothesline on Ethan Page on the second try. Hager tags out to Jericho, and Page tags out to Sky. Jericho hits two running shoulder tackles on Sky, and then a pendulum dropkick to Ethan Page, knocking him off the apron. Jericho hits a double axe handle off the top rope, and then hits the line salt for a two-count, for as much as I criticize Jericho, at least he did that right. <laughs> Hager gets this, t- this time. This time. 
Hey, each time he gets a right from here on out, I feel like he's playing with house money. Hager gets tagged in and Beal Scorpio halfway across the ring. Hager then hits the Hager bomb, which I hate that name. And this gets a two count. Do you think uh, Paige was supposed to break up the pin following the Hager bomb? Possibly. Or was he just pretending to not be able to get into the ring? Mm, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Hager then hits a pancake on Sky and locks Sky in the ankle lock. Ethan Page tries to interfere, but Jericho cuts him off and locks Page in the walls. During this pointless double submission, Excalibur tells us, we'll be right back with our number two. Again, not sure why we needed to separate these into two rampages tonight. What I wrote. If they'd done this as one show, they wouldn't have had to do that stupid throw to not commercial and fade out for a millisecond in the middle of that dramatic double submission spot. That's exactly what they did. There was no commercial. There was just, we'll be right back, but we're here. Um, and for what? Because this is our number two, and it's a separate program. No, it's not. Shut, stop that. Stop it. Huh. Back in the ring, and Hager hits a bo- big body slam, followed by a big boot. Hager goes off the ropes, and Lambert grabs his leg to trip him, kind of. This causes Hager to maybe delay his momentum for like a half a second, and that allows Scorpio to lock him into a small package for the win. Well, that was a dumb fucking ending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I could give two shits less about this match anyway. But, yeah, let's just... Was he supposed to trip him? Did Hager know he was supposed to be tripped at that moment? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I'm sorry, and I, I understand that yep. Ethan Page and... and up, 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 up. It's a Hager match. Say it correctly. Thank you. Sorry. You know, I, I, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are very entertaining, but I just was so fucking bored during this match. And their little fucking edits or whatever they were trying to do didn't help. <laughs> it, was just, it was a fuck fest for me. Uh, after the match, Hager throws a tantrum and clotheslines the man of the year down. Which, by the way, Hager's the one who picked the fight. They could have just left. Jericho and Hager then drag Lambert into the ring. And they're about to beat him up when about 10 or 12 fucking MMA fighters from American Top Team surround the ring. Good thing Jericho's got his own faction to back him up. Jared and Jake try their best, but they get absolutely assaulted by American Top Team. Yay. So much so that Paige Van Zandt calls for them to lift Jericho up. Sorry, who are the faces in this again? I forget. <laughs> uh, they do, and she l- loads up her fist, wrong company, and then unloads rapid-fire body shots to Jericho's gut. She really should have just kicked him in the balls. Yeah. Then Jorge Masvidal hits a running knee and lays Jericho the fuck out. I honestly don't remember. Don't even remember watching that. I was so fucking bored with the match. I think I zoned out. <laughs> American top teams stand tall, and somewhere, Sammy Guevara and X-Lax must be eating quinoa. Well, X-Lax were a bit busy. Quinoa. Remember that? That's a good reference. That's a good pull. Uh, yeah, I... I uh, well, okay, first of all, I, I will say that 
in a recent-ish interview, Jericho was saying that the plan was for the Inner Circle to, like, still be friends, but to basically go off in their own directions, um, which, which makes sense. I, I'm perfectly fine with Sammy, uh, Sammy and Xbox not being fucking anchored by fucking Jericho anymore. Sure, but this this kind of put the stamp Jake, on it. Jake, Jake Hager can go fuck. Okay. Jake Hager can stay with Jericho. They make a perfect pair. Um, so <laughs> they they pretty much cemented it though here. Like, oh yeah, by the way, you don't have any backup anymore. Just to let you know. Go fuck yourselves. Now, if they drag X Lax and Sammy into this, I'll be so fucking mad. <sighs> Speaking of so fucking mad, eight man tag team time now. Why do they do this to me? Happily feeding ostriches, taking on X Lax and the Lucha Bros. We start with an eight man slugfest because why the fuck not? Couple Phoenix- things right off the bat. <laughs> Um, of of all the times that AEW has done an eight-man tag match, I will say that when there are a total of four tag teams in said match, it's better than just four singles guys versus four singles guys. Hmm. Also, uh, I wrote the Mexicans and the Puerto Ricans versus Matt Hardy's job squad. Racist. Taz is like, this is my high school. <laughs> It's true, because three out of four teams are from New York. Red Hook High. Go fight in dump trucks. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix tosses Blade. Penta tosses Butcher. Party gets super kicked and tossed, and everyone dives on everyone. x are face-painted like Braveheart? Does that uh, make sense? Mm, I didn't get Braveheart. I got Mets. Because it was orange and blue. Uh, was there orange? All I saw was, uh, I think it was Santana. It was just half blue. I'm like, okay. Brave it was heart, orange sure. and blue, and I think it has to do with the Mets since they were in Queens. That makes sense. Uh, Blade which, gets which double super. Which is funny because they're admitted Yankees fans. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, at least it wasn't whiteface. Blade gets double super kicked by Santa and Phoenix, and Penta and Ortiz do that wheelbarrow splash, and Penta covers Blade for two, and Butcher breaks it up. This is ridiculous. Bryce Remsburg... Not even trying to gain control. Phoenix gets powerbombed by Butcher in the ring while everyone else does whatever the fuck they want outside. Then Hardy threatens to cut Ortiz's dreads off, which brings out Orange Cassidy. And then Jack what Ev- happens? Jack Evans goes for Orange and gets Orange punched. Dude, Matt Hardy sends Jack Evans. Like, Jack Evans is like nine feet tall, right? <laughs> Orange didn't even get close to Matt Hardy, but somehow this prevented Matt from cutting Ortiz's hair. Yes. Um, sure. So he, like I said, he sends Jack Evans. Jack Evans, so tough, so dangerous. He walks up the ramp and gets punched right in the face and gets knocked out. Yep. Uh, on this, we go to break. That was not super effective. <laughs> when we come back from break, Phoenix tags Santana, because apparently this is a tag match. More on that in a fucking moment. But then X-Lax just double-team for the next 15 minutes, because fuck you. Santana and Isaiah Cassidy in the ring. Cassidy hits a huge stunner off the ropes, which sends Santana to the ramp. So Penta just comes in the ring. This is fucking triple-A. Cassidy gets kicked in the face, then gets his back broken, and he hits the floor. So here's Butcher. I, I can't fucking... I, can't i can't 
Off the ropes, Butcher hits the crossbody. Packed to the floor, so Phoenix jumps in and hits the wacky kick. Blade in, he turns Phoenix inside out with a clothesline, and both men are down, so Bryce starts counting to ten. What the fuck even are the rules? <laughs> Blade slams Santana and tags Quinn, so now there are tags again. Ortiz pulls Cassidy off the apron. Santana avoids the shooting star, but Penta's in? Fuck knows. Anyways, X-Lax hit a street sweeper on Quinn and pin him for three. Commentary talks about how awesome this match was. No, no, no. Okay, well, in in their defense, no. there was a lot of double-team moves. And a lot of those double-team moves look smooth. Which is more than what you can say for, for the next match. <clears throat> I didn't hate it. It was I a didn't. lot of fucking chaos with no rules. So just call it a no-rules match. I don't know. You know, um, Back. I am looking forward to if we do get uh, Santana Ortiz versus uh, the Lucha Bros. That should be fun, and the street sweeper look good. It's been a while since I've seen that. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Backstage, Tony is with Matt Hardy. Matt reminds us that there's another HFO match tonight, sadly, and then complains that Orange won't let him cut anyone's hair. <laughs> He didn't even get close to you. You had plenty of time. He challenges Orange to a hair versus hair match against Jack Evans. You were so close, Sal. I, you were so close. I would assume Jack, Jack Evans loses his hair, and then Matt Hardy loses his hair. <laughs> Jack's pissed. Matt's threatening. Who fucking cares? Commercial break. When we come back, it's not your promised women's match. It's Sammy Guevara. Way goes here as well. They do a cue card promo because we're not in box. Miro attacks from behind and beats them both up. Throw Fuego off the stage. Please throw Fuego off the stage. <laughs> he throws Fuego off the stage. Yeah. Uh, Starks and Taz are thrilled. Now it's Sam personal. Sammy gets locked in the game over. He doesn't put it into the sleeper for some reason. Uh, no one from the inner circle comes to help Sammy. <laughs> then, instead of the women's match, we hear from Andrade. Jose knows not to interrupt his matches or else he'll end up like Chavo. He challenges Pac to a rematch to prove he can beat him cleanly, which means he's going to lose. Also, when you say he'll end up like Chavo, all I can picture is in the back of Andrade's mansion, Chavo's head is like on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> you'll end up like Chavo. I'm the fucking boss. <laughs> I gotta admit, Andrade still looks like a million bucks as far as the suits. Very nice suits. Pimp. Pimp. Jose looks like he needs a new job. He's just like, why the fuck did I sign up for this shit? Anyway. I thought they would announce that match for Dynamite, but I don't think they have. No. Hmm. Oh, we have to figure out when the fuck pack's gonna be here. Yeah. All right, match number five. I was very surprised that I didn't have to cover the main event tonight, but I wasn't. I wasn't upset. Anna J versus Penelope Ford. When Penelope walks out, well, Anna, I mean, technically. Anyway, go on. When Penelope walks out, you had to step all over my fucking joke for later, didn't you? You fucking asshole. When Anna J comes out. Uh, she attacks Penelope before before the bell. 
Anna steamrolls Penelope in the ring and cinches in the clean swayer choke. Uh, but then Bunny it's, runs. I'm sorry. Did you say clean swayer? The the cleaner, the cleaner Kenny Omega choke, the Queen Slayer choke. Uh, then Bunny runs down to the ring, and this is a distraction. This allows Penelope to roll on offense. And applies the Queen Slayer again, but Penelope breaks free by ramming backward into the turnbuckles. Bunny distracts the ref, throws in the brass knucks, and then throws... A <laughs> by Mind you, nobody sees them throw in the brass knucks, like, meaning the ref, like... And I think fucking Excalibur. Or maybe Excalibur, sorry. Taz and Ricky pretend not to. Um, yeah, and then Ford turns around and for like, what, is it the second week in a row? Knocks out Anna with the knocks? Penelope Ford wins by pinfall. Any thoughts on this match? Uh, my, my, my one note encompasses what happened after, so you might as well just get to it. All right, Bunny and Ford put the boots to, to Anna J, and then Ty Conti runs out, uh, but then they, the numbers game catch up to them. Uh, H- HFO surround the ring, and then OC and Chris Statlander come out to the stage. They dare OC, uh, Cassidy, and Statlander to come down, and Statlander and Cassidy wait until the Dark Order shows up. The Dark Order come down to the ring with Cassidy and Statlander. They clear the ring. Uh, Statlander, by the way, in, injecting herself into this blonde feud and taking out Penelope and Bunny in the process. Uh, let's see here. We tease a unified Dark Order. But Evil Uno bails on a handshake offer from Alex Reynolds. Wah, wah. We were almost there. We were almost whole again. <laughs> so, your thoughts yeah, the, on the match? The match was nothing. Tay's run-in was nothing. But yay, Dark Order? Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the brass knuck spot it's <sighs> the brass knuck spot at this point in wrestling i feel like takes um it takes a lot to be able to pull it off like you can't just hand brass knucks to anyone and it not feel like the most tired boring fucking basic booking in the world it has to be someone who has like a character, like Regal. The problem is that's all they've done yep. for a month and a half, at true. least. Blade with the Nux on orange. Blade with the Nux on orange. Blade with the Nux on orange. Bunny with the Nux on orange. Now Bunny with the Nux on tie. Bunny with the Nux on Anna. Penelope with the knucks on tie, like yeah. fucking come on. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's all the same shit. You're right. Uh, let's move on. Mark Henry gets his special box and box and box and box. At least you had to deal with this this week with Lance Archer. 
Minoru Suzuki, Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley. Uh, of all the people to start talking, Lance Archer does. Says tonight they're going to put their boots up their asses. Suzuki says something in Japanese. Eddie Kingston cuts this off and goes fucking ape shit about being from New York City. Okay, dude, fuck off. And then John Moxley adds threats for violence. And then Henry says, Well, time for talking is done. It's time for our main event. It's fucking catchphrase. Uh, my two notes. Eddie, shut up. Oh, my God. New York. Mo- New York. I grew up in New York. I grew up in the Bronx. The boogie down Bronx. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mark, shut up. Ugh. Eddie, you grew up in New York City. What's it like to come home to Arthur Ashe Stadium, a place you probably never went to as a kid? Well, I'm sure it didn't exist when he was a kid. Mm, good question. Anyway. Anyway. So, um... So that's the end of Rampage. Yes, because Justin Roberts said that was the end of our scheduled events, and I shut it off. So let's move on. Let's move on to, to the news. No, 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 no. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. To BTE. No, there was uh, a Lights Out match, uh, and you covered it. Fine. In a few moments, the lights will go out, and that will begin our unscheduled portion of the evening. Unsanctioned. Justin explains what a Lights Out match is, which still makes no sense. If AEW doesn't sanction this match, it's not the main event, because it's not actually happening or something. Also, the lights don't really go out. The crowd is still illuminated in red, and the lights on the ring shut off for literally like half a second. Blip, blop. Okay, we're back. Ugh. Anyway. Lance comes out first, accompanied with the ring by four kendo sticks, and then here comes Suzuki. Lance beats up two unknown people on his way to the ring. Wild thing starts, here come your weird uncles, and we start with a brawl, because why wouldn't we, really? Lance fights with Eddie, Suzuki fights with Moxley, Suzuki grabs two padded folding chairs from somewhere, gives one to Moxley, and they joust on the ramp. Of course, they don't hit each other with the chairs, because those aren't gimmicked chairs, but the cushion does fly off one of them while they're jousting. <gasps> Uh, that cushion has a family (laughs) (laughs) Suzuki and Kingston then have a chop off in the ring Eddie puts a table in the ring and tries to throw Suzuki through it it's blocked then Suzuki boots Eddie through it Mox reappears as does Archer and Suzuki Goon beat up John Moxley Archer continues to beat up nobody for nobody's for no apparent reason Uh, I recognize CPA and TJ Crawford I can't identify the other two without a better look Eddie Kingston was born in 81. Arthur Ashe Stadium opened in 97. So, yes, he could have went there at the age of 15 and 16. Are you technically still a child, though? You're underage? Depends on what state you're from. No. Sorry. Uh, Archer retrieves a strap from under the ring. Don't ask why it was there. And then just watches Suzuki and Moxley slug it out in the ring. Suzuki gets a sleeper for all of about three seconds. Then Archer hangs Mox over the top rope via the strap, and we go to break. Not box. Break. Not in your main event. Break. When we return, Moxley has been handcuffed with duct tape. Who's dumb enough to pay for ad time during a match that doesn't exist? (laughs) 
He then straps Moxley in the back. Suzuki then straps Mox, but not as well, because he tries to use the whole strap instead of doubling it over. Mm-hmm. Suzuki with a half crab, but again, he lets it go after a few seconds. Does Minoru Suzuki not understand submissions? Uh, it's got ADHD. Maybe it's different in Japan. Uh, Archer beats up Mox with a trash can lid, because why not? Archer goes outside to whip Eddie, and this wakes Eddie up until Archer beats him down again. Archer slams Mox, still handcuffed, then wraps the strap around his throat. Mox spits at Suzuki, who answers with a shitty-looking punch to the face. Suzuki then bites Mox's face, and Archer hits the mat kind of near Moxley with the kendo stick. Archer chokes Mox on the middle rope, then canes him in the stomach, then one to Eddie on the floor. Uh, from the ring, which was impressive. Uh, Mox avoids a charge from Archer and headbutts Suzuki, but gets kicked in the gut. Minoru bites him again, and not Eddie's back. Sorry, and now Eddie's back. Thanks, typo. Eddie drops Suzuki. I'm, I'm sure he didn't bite Eddie's back as well, but that's not what I meant. Uh, Eddie drops Suzuki, then chops Archer. Archer no-sells the chops and flips Eddie off, so, uh, so Eddie pokes him in the eyes. I did kind of laugh at that. That was kind of funny. Uh, into the corner, four machine gun chops from Eddie. Uh, Suzuki with the sleeper. Archer with the helicopter on Eddie. Uh, uh, Suzuki retrieves the actual gimmicked chairs from under the ring. Uh, Suzuki sets the chairs up back-to-back as Archer sets Eddie up for the blackout. Uh, this cues new theme music. Uh, the ramp says homicide, but no one believes it. Homicide comes through the crowd and uses the chairs to fight off Suzuki and Archer. He has scissors, which he does not attempt to stab anyone with. He attempts, attempts being the key word, to cut the duct tape on Mox's wrist, but Mox ends up just sliding his hands out. Uh, Mox DDTs Suzuki on a chair. Eddie hits a couple back fists, then a DDT from Mox for Archer. None of them a paradigm shift, just regular DDTs. Mm. Homicide passes Eddie the trash can, and Eddie puts the can over Archer's head. Eddie then wails on the trash can with the kendo stick. Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. This pins Archer for three. That's it. All right, well, that's over. Uh, Mox and Minoru brawl on the outside a little bit longer. Suzuki gets thrown into the stairs, and Mox, Eddie, and Homicide uh, celebrate so the rest. it's not actually over. Great. Hooray, lights out matches. Well, that's, so that's the thing, right? So Mox and Suzuki aren't done. Because they, they kept going at each other after the match. Um, of course, you need somebody to take a pin in this feud, so let's bring in Lance Archer. And, um... God, the fucking handcuff spot. The quote-unquote handcuff spot. I hate it in a wrestling match. It just... As we saw with Roman and Kevin Owens, it can really fucking kill the flow of a match. So I prefer them not do it. Um, I they they seem to try and use these lights out matches uh, sometimes as as blow off matches. Like the one between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Yep. How could it be a blow-off match if it doesn't fucking count? These women, and or these participants, hate each other so much that we're not going to condone or sanction anything they do to each other. So it's almost like the feud is over but these people just need to tear each other apart. It's dumb. Sure. It's dumb. Um, yeah, the match was what it was. I just... I don't know. I 
don't think they they really worked in the you know no rules aspect of this or the lights out aspect. I'm not saying I wanted thumbtacks. I'm not saying I wanted any gimmicks. You don't need gimmicks to to make something feel hardcore. You know what I mean? You can just especially like Japanese strong style. You could just beat the fucking shit out of each other. In in a match with kendo sticks, folding chairs, a leather strap, trash can, and lid, you don't think they went hardcore? I just it's not that they didn't, it's that I wasn't impressed by any of it. Oh, okay. That's that's the what ending, I meant. The ending made no sense. No. No, it fucking didn't. Well, how how does... And why is it homicide? Yeah, because he's friends with Eddie or some shit. Okay. Why? So there's probably plenty of people that are friends with Eddie that are from New York. Yeah, but they're not wrestlers. They're actual... Anyway. Um, yeah, hitting... hitting, Putting a trash can over a person and then hitting the trash can with a with something as... With a kendo stick. Maybe if they'd used one of the chairs... I thought you were going to say a pipe. I was going to say, you can use a pipe and it would work. Maybe if they'd used one of the chairs or if he'd you know, done a splash or something. But a kendo stick? Uh, I used to hate it when they did that on the uh, trick, or, trick or treat. Trick or street fight. Trick or street fight, that's it. There, There's no way that that would have incapacitated Lance Archer for a three count. It's, you're, hitting, you're hitting a trash can with bamboo. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Fuck off. Yeah. So that was uh, Rampage Night 2. That was the end of our Grand Slam. What were your thoughts specifically on tonight? Uh, Again, much like uh, most of Dynamite, it it didn't really live up to the expectations um and they didn't have that real banger of an opening sorry Troy that real banger of an opening match to kind of lock you in um cause like we said Punk versus Hobbs was not that great right um a lot so many fucking tag team matches I didn't mind the super click against the uh, Jurassic Express. No, that was that was uh, fun. That's probably my favorite match of the night, honestly. I honestly didn't mind the. But to be fair, it doesn't have a lot of competition. Right, but I honestly didn't mind the eight man. But here's the problem with the eight man. Um, admittedly, I wasn't paying attention to who was legal or anything like that. I was just looking don't, at like, oh, that worry. spot's cool, that spot's you, cool. You weren't the either, uh, only one, neither was Bryce Ramsberg. Right. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I've given up on this company trying to enforce rules in a tag match. That's just never going to fucking happen. Uh, but other than that, the women's match was fucking terrible. I don't know. What do you want me to say about Anna Jay and fucking Bunny and Penelope Ford and Brass Knox? Like, and Ty Conti. I just, nah. And we need to speed along the Stark Order storyline because it's getting a little fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Are we done with Rampage? I think so. 
Now, we're going to do what we typically do with BTE, which is talk about it in segments. Uh, so my notes are very, very light. So anything you'd like to chime in and add are fine. Mm-hmm. But let's go to BTE, episode 275, entitled... Grand Slam. Grand Slam. We never even went to Denny's. No, we didn't. We begin with a vignette, apparently. It is a uh, very well-produced video package about Christopher Daniels and how the Bucks cost him his entire life. But... Surprisingly enough, Daniels might be reborn soon into what may be more similar to his original, and I'm talking original character, which was the very demonic and very evil fallen angel character that he had originally back in TNA. And that seems to be where we're going with this. And you know what? They have my attention. I'm down. Right? I'm so down. My only problem is is that I feel like they'll stick him with Malachi Black. Yeah. Especially with the eye. Did you see the eye? The blood in his eye? Yes, that's fucked. If that's legit, then Jesus Christ. I don't know if it is. It's probably a contact. But anyway. Malachi Black. We'll see what happens. I'm interested enough in the fucking, uh, you know, in, in the new Christopher Daniels. Uh, so then, after that, we go to our title sequence. When we get back from our title sequence, it is 2.0 who are doing their talk show called The Show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what they should call it? Not The Show. <laughs> they should call it Two Point Show. Oh, yeah, that's much better. Um. But I feel like that. I, I I think that's what AEW Games calls their show that they oh, well, like the YouTube you show. So Matt Lee is our BT champion, of course, and he brags and brags and brags, and then uh, Jeff Parker just basically agrees with them. They they need what ten people to contend for the BT for the number one contendership for the BT title. Yeah, they talk about how there needs to be rankings. Yeah, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Anything else from that segment? I I love that they reference Renee. (laughs) That lady, she had a baby. I think she had a baby. You can't have a baby. You got to leave the baby at home. You got to because this is adults only. (laughs) Without, of course, they don't say it's Renee. No. We know it's Renee because we know we saw who it was. But there's that blonde chick. That blonde chick. So good. All right. Segment two. Matt and Nick Jackson are in New York City. New York City. Do you think they go to the Empire State Building? No. No. Okay. Do you think they go to Madison Square Garden? No. Might have been their only chance. Um, no, they go shopping. What else would the Bucks fucking do? It's BT. They found a Nike clearance store. Mm. Who cares? Matt's got Easter shoes. Matt, because they were they were all pastel. Yeah, 
Are you including in this segment the part where we're in the parking lot, or do you have that as a separate segment? No, I had this all as just the segment. Okay. So, so after the shop, after the shopping, they're showing off their shoes, and they're in the parking lot of the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yes, they're, they're marking out for it, by the way. And they talk, and Matt Jackson talks about how Tokyo Dome seven times whatever the fuck it was. This this is like a house show. The EVP of the company saying that this that this the Grand Slam the largest show the largest crowd AEW has ever performed in front of is like a house show. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. It's a great look. Um, also, I don't think they can brag about being on those Tokyo Dome shows. They were at Wrestle Kingdom. Those shows have like thirty matches. I think every single person in AEW has been on those Tokyo shows. Lance Archer, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, like gives a fuck. (laughs) Anyway. Uh yes. When they get to Arthur Ash Stadium, they just like you said, they turn they put it down, but you can also tell they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, 20,000 people. Uh, then we get the backstage of the entrances for Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Uh, loud, loud for Danielson as soon as his music started. That was really fun. That was great to see, actually. Yeah, when you have, when you have 20,000 people, you can actually get a good reaction. <laughs> Uh, we see highlights, just a little bit of highlights of the Kenny versus Brian match. Any thoughts on this segment? Nope. Okay. So then we move on to uh, Milk, or Cream, as it were, where Ryan Nemeth is running a gossip column or a vlog that talks about gossip. Uh, he hopes that the wrestling journalists that give those five stars don't watch this or something and i'm just like yeah don't don't so here's the uh juicy gossip of this week john silver requires what's what's the hot goss yeah john silver requires 24 hours nursing care probably because he's killing his liver as we speak anna jay is actually a clergyman Trent is, in fact, seven separate people, which that one I kind of believe. Trent seven? Yeah. And Wrong negative show. one was... Wrong wound- show. Yes. Negative one was wounded in Vietnam. Um. So then the guy who's interviewing was like, you said I could be on camera. And he's like, uh, yeah, you know, you're kind of terrible. Sorry. <laughs> But he's like, well, have some cream. And then we get more trip out. Any thoughts? He handed him a script. He's like, yeah, oh, read this. And it was, was it from The Simpsons? I I don't know. He was like. Because uh, I'm fat and I'm smelly and my butt smells and sometimes yep. I like to smell my butt. Whatever the fuck it that was. was. I'm pretty sure that's from The Simpsons. You're right. Homer said it. Now that you say it like that. 
So, uh, yeah, and then we get a weird montage of people creaming themselves, <sighs> I guess. Next segment. Speaking of people creaming themselves. Uh, the Box and Luke Gallows, or Doc Gallows. Uh, Big LG. Can't seem to get Carl uh, Anderson out of the bathroom because apparently he's jerking off. Uh, they're running out of time. Their match is next. Well, screw it. He missed the call. So that's why Carl wasn't there. He was uh, he was literally fucking himself. No? Again, I want to know where Carl was for real. Probably cheating on his hot Asian wife. Yeah, but he usually doesn't miss Dino for that. Alright. After that, we go to Cutler Cam for all of the highlights for uh, the Super Click versus the Jurassic Express. Geriatric Express. Geriatric Express. Uh, it, it, you know, we just talked about this, so we don't need to, to go through the highlights on it. No. Uh, it was Cutler Cam. Yep. Uh, and then, and what I think was our final segment of the night, uh, John Silver is continuing to drink piss. Yep. Alex Reynolds tells him he needs to fucking stop that. Uh, Silver says he wants to do it anyway. And then, let's see here. They uh, so, uh, Reynolds says, look, we Hangman's not coming back. We need to find a new friend. It is what it is. We have to move on. And who does John Silver see but Wardlow? You know, his original crush. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Silver's Wicked Creepy. It's just a little crush. John Silver's super creepy towards Wardlow. <laughs> yep. Uh, so nothing has changed. Nope. Wardlow, they, they ask Wardlow if he'll be their friend. He's like, weren't you just drinking piss? <laughs> They're like, yeah, but it wasn't my own. And then Reynolds is like, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> um, Wardlow's like, guys, listen, uh, always appreciate you, but uh, it, it's a hard no. <laughs> Sadness, John Silver has no friends. What's he going to do? It's okay. I'm sure somebody will get in Silver's head. Just little by little, just kind of convince them. They've been lying to you, man. <laughs> They've been lying to you. Anyway, any thoughts on this segment? Wardle's like, I don't want no scrubs. A scrub is a guy that drinks someone else's pee. <laughs> Nicely done. I have no other thoughts. No, it was PTA. Next week on Dynamite, which by which I mean tomorrow night on Dynamite. Next week on Dynamite, on Dynamite, you'll find this person on Dynamite. <laughs> Never gets old. Stampy feet. Thank you for coming. We love you, top match. Uh, <laughs> AEW TNT Championship match: Miro versus Sammy Guevara. Sammy, 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 Sammy. Maybe they'll actually have an interesting champion for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Sammy Rhodes was interesting. 
No. Yeah. You don't like that? Because Sting, because Sting watered it down. I get you. The match that everyone's been waiting for. Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. The fuck? This exactly. Is, this is just so Cody can turn heel officially and beat up Iron, right? Uh, Thunder Rose, Thunder, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, and Jade Cargill will speak. Ugh. Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. Baby. That should be good. That should be really good. Yeah. You think that main events? No. What do you think main events? Probably the TNT title. Oh, I thought that would open. Mm, I think this is going to open. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Hot, hot start. Hot start, Sal. Hot start. Uh, Ty Conte and Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford and the Bunny. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's go back to Cole and Jungle Boy. So, who do you think wins? Cole. Cole. Adam Cole, baby! Boom. Boom. Uh, they, only, they have only a amount of... <laughs> It's 12.30. What do you want from me? They've only announced one match for Rampage. Cassidy versus Evans, hair versus hair. So that match is going to take up the whole hour. No, they'll announce more matches on Dynamite. <laughs> on Dynamite. This week on Dynamite. And we're uh, probably going to uh, get a lot of matches that are just thrown together. Uh, it's only an hour. Next Rampage. So... Hair versus hair could take twenty minutes if you if you stretch it out with all the theatrics, and then yeah, you just need like two fucking bullshit matches. No. Uh, all right, to the news this week. Starting off with a note for anyone attending uh, Dynamite uh, tonight at this point. Uh, all Elite Wrestling has announced the COVID nineteen policy for those attending uh, Dynamite tapings in Rochester, New York. All those age twelve or older will be required to provide proof of at least one COVID vaccine into the venue. Those who aren't vaccinated will be required to wear a mask, uh, which is slightly worse than normal. <clears throat> Please note that all ticket holders age twelve and older are required to pr- provide proof of at least one dose of a COVID nineteen vaccine to enter Blue, Cro- Blue Cross Arena on Wednesday, September twenty ninth, for AEW Dynamite. Ticket holders must show one of the following at entry, along with a photo ID matching your proof of vaccination. A physical vaccination card, photos, or photocopies of vaccination cards will not be accepted. Uh, a New York State Excelsior Pass, a clear digital vaccine card, or a government-approved mobile app showing vaccination verification. Uh, guests 12, uh, older than 12 and are vaccinated will not be required to wear a mask at the Blue Cross Arena. However, wearing a mask is strongly encouraged. Children under 12 are permitted to attend AEW Dynamite as they are not eligible for a vaccine, but they must wear a mask at all times. Uh, for more information, go to bl- the BlueCrossArena.com website. So. so, this is the show that originally Brody was supposed to debut at. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he's from this area in New York, so... He's from Rochester. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if he was from Buffalo or Rochester. Okay. He's from Rochester. So, which, by the way, those two things are like 10 minutes away from each other. Um, they, they might mention that, you know? They might bring up him, um, so it could get emotional, but we'll see. It is cool that they're finally in Rochester. Uh, maybe then, this is maybe this is when they'll uh, dissolve all the tension in the dark water. You mean get a new leader? Or that? We're here. 
Don't do that to your microphone. <laughs> anyway. Continue. Uh, just a quick note, uh, update from last week. Uh, I believe it was last week. All Elite Wrestling has confirmed that Full Gear will take place at the Target Center in Minneapolis on November 13th. Uh, of course, a week later than the original date uh, of October 6th. Tickets for the show go on sale on Friday. Uh, in response to this, someone, uh, I don't know who, let me scroll down here because I got a lot of notes, uh, tweeted at the Mall of America um, suggesting that perhaps the Dynamite after Full Gear take place at the Mall of America because they have a history of such things, to which place the Mall's official Twitter account replied, we're all for it. It worked great the first time. At AEW brings the fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. Uh, of course, for those for anyone who does not remember, uh, the uh, Mall of America was the uh, site of the premiere episode of Nitro, WCW Nitro, back in 1995. Um, and it was weird. <laughs> I guarantee you that flag store is not still there. Mm. Uh, neither is the service merchandise. That being said... Visually, it could definitely be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, as previously reported, AEW wrestler Kip Sabian appeared in Chicago during All Out Weekend with a new gimmick where he wore a box over his head. Uh, Sabian was back at it last week, taking part in an unscheduled, unauthorized, quote-unquote, meet-and-greet outside Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens during Grand Slam. Uh, fan tweets indicate that Kip Sabian was hanging outside the arena with the box on his head for the entirety of the show, uh, wearing the box that says underrated over it. Uh, fan tweets indicated that he'd sign photos and write about being in recovery from his injury and would be returning soon. Hmm. All about Kip Sabian. Uh, we'll see what this gimmick is. It sounds almost sounds like Dashing Cody Rhodes. If he's wearing a box over his head? No, Dash and Cody Rhodes put the bags on other people's heads. I know, but it's it's still, it's a very... It feels like Dash and Cody Rhodes after Ray broke his nose. Dashing Cody And he's like, I'm hideous. Anyway, go ahead. It was reported uh, yesterday, as, uh, or sometime this week, that Jake Roberts had been absent from AEW TV due to undisclosed health issues as Roberts had been spotted in a wheelchair. A new report from Cassidy Haynes and Bodyslam.net reveals that Roberts has been out of action due to having foot surgery and getting pins inserted into some of his toes. It is believed that Roberts will be back on television soon, perhaps even next week, as he has been cleared by doctors to go back to work. He is set to appear at the New York Comic Con on October 7th, where he will be part of the Headlocked Comic and Heroes Hideout booth. Uh, so that's why we haven't seen uh, Jake in a while. He had uh, some foot surgery. Hopefully, speedy recovery. Uh -huh. Last thing that that man needs to be is in ICU. That we already talked about because that was actually part of being the elite. Uh, AEW has announced that they're teaming with the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation to raise funds for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month this month, releasing a shirt to support the cause. Uh, actually. Uh, saying AEW is proud to support the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation uh, to help raise funds for September's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Join us in support. Uh, join us in supporting this incredible organization by purchasing this custom T-shirt, uh, which you can find through uh, shopaew.com. I believe it says "No one fights alone." I believe is what it says. Mm. So, don't know indication on how much of the proceeds go to the charity, but uh, some of them do, anyways. Uh, AEW announced this week the signing of former Dallas Mavericks player Satnam Singh, who will now begin his training at the Nightmare Factory. Singh is the first ever NBA drafted player from India. 
the announcement uh, says All Elite is dated the 23rd, so last Friday. Uh, All Elite Wrestling, or last Thursday, rather. All Elite Wrestling announced uh, today the signing of Satnam Singh, an international phenom, best known as the first ever player from India to be drafted by the National Basketball Association. The seven foot three Singh was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks in 2015 and now brings his natural athleticism, charisma, and daunting stature to AEW. Uh, I love this part. Singh follows in the footsteps of NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal, who squared off alongside Jade Cargill in a mixed tag match against Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet on Dynamite in March. Singh will begin training at the world-class Atlanta-based Nightmare Factory run by QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes. Uh, quote, while we've sec- recently secured some of the hottest free agents on the planet, I'm also deeply committed to cultivating our own homegrown stars in the next generation of extraordinary professional wrestlers, said Tony Khan, CEO, GM, and head of creative of AEW. In addition to Satnam's commanding six, uh, seven foot three stature, I was impressed with his high level of athleticism and charisma. He's an exciting addition to our roster, and I'm looking forward to our fans getting to know Satnam's personality and watching his development. Do you know this gentleman? You, you're, you're into basketball, right? Yes. Sounds like a big motherfucker. He is a big motherfucker. Um, so you know, we'll see. He's young, so seven foot three. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Sorry, Are tall. you mad? Are you jealous? Because you're like six foot three. No, <laughs> I'm not at all. Because I have enough trouble buying pants as it is. Fair. Uh, there was a rumor AEW would be introducing a new secondary championship for the women's division. The Matt Men podcast's Andrew Zarian, who initially broke the news, spoke to Denise Salcedo's Speak Now Pro Wrestling and revealed more details. The secondary championship will be called the TBS Championship. Uh, this is similar, of course, to the secondary championship in the men's division, which is the TNT title. It was also hinted that there may be a trios title coming soon. No word on when either belt will, will debut. Does the women's division really need another title? Yeah, Brandy's gonna have her own title. They don't do. They don't do anything. <laughs> I, mean. They, I mean, I guess it'll it'll force them to have a second feud in the women's division. But this is the Brandy title, like the TNT title was the Cody title. That's it. And finally, this week, I was trying to end on some uh, <laughs> some good news or some uplifting news, something that'll leave a smile on your face. MJF's parents attended a, uh, this week's uh, Grand Slam taping and made it clear that they are not fans with a sign reading, We are uh, MJF's parents, and we think he sucks, too. <gasps> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That is amazing. Uh, during an interview with uh, this, oh, like this couple, during an interview with Fight TV reporter Nina and Stephen Friedman went even further. Nina, his mother, saying, we're, We are the bad ones, and we'd like to say that we are sorry. We apologize to the entire world. He is a fucking idiot, but he's ours. I'm, I'm always happy to see him get his ass kicked. He deserves it. I can still kick his ass, though. I don't care one bit. He still respects his mama. Oh Stephen added, I'm not allowed to kick his ass anymore because I'd go to jail. We're sorry for introducing him to the world of wrestling. Oh, my God. I love this so much. Yes. And we're spoken M- like a true Long Islander. We're, we're MJF's parents, and we think he sucks, too. That's amazing. Uh, Kelly and, uh, still in chat saying, TBS championship, the total bullshit championship? Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I got. Uh, you got anything? I do. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> what? couple things. During Dynamite. couple things? Yes, during Dynamite. Uh, very early on, they mentioned their partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation. So now it's canon. It's on TV. I believe 
Excalibur refrained from talking about any of the plans. But he definitely... I feel like they, feel like they made a brief mention of the tournament. Yes, I was going to say, but they definitely briefly mentioned something with the tournament. Um, so we're going to have to see, because this might actually be coming on a lot faster than we thought. Like, they might shoehorn this into full gear. But uh, we'll see. It was it was cool hearing Owen's, Owen's name on TV, so... It it was weird too because it wasn't like they made a big thing of it. It was a really in passing comment. You know what I mean? Second thing, remember how I said before the show started that I um I had something really funny I had planned for the podcast, but I couldn't remember what it was or what <laughs> segment it was. I literally just remembered, and it's I'm not going to do it now because the moment has passed, but. When Cody and Brandy came out, all I could think about, because Cody had a fucking cape on, by, by the way. We forgot to mention that Cody's outfit came equipped with a bat cape. This motherfucker came out there looking like fucking James Brown and Apollo Creed. And all I could think about was living in America. <laughs> with all the fucking lights and the glitz and the glamour and Brandy being one of those little ring girls, like, the whole fucking night. And Malachi Black doing his best Ivan Drago impression, like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I still think it was more evil can evil. Yeah. It was very red. There was a lot of red this week. Anyway, Cody will be back to save racism. On Dynamite. Save racism? Sorry. <laughs> End racism. Again. Again. Again! Gonna have a live sex celebration on Dynamite. And also, just end racism forever. Uh, and final final thoughts. Jericho won his feud what with are you, MJF. Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jericho won his feud with MJF to prevent early retirement, and for that, he is still featured on TV every week. And this time, he's going to be in a feud with a bunch of MMA fighters. Hopefully, this is his last feud as somebody legit breaks his neck. Uh, be good to yourselves and one another. Uh, all right, that wraps up week 101 of the AEW Rundown. As always, be safe. Stay safe. Be, be safe. Be safe. I, I Beef steak. I've gone so many weeks without doing that. Be safe! <laughs> uh, I've gone so many weeks without doing that. Be safe, stay sane, be kind, and remember, you are not alone. If you need it, it's there for you. 800-273-8255. 800-273-TALK in the U.S. Uh, we love y'all. We'll talk to you again next time. And who knows? We may talk to you again in a couple of days. Bye. to be I'm a smiling face
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>